Hello everyone and welcome to BXB's Bits and Bobs episode 56. We're back yet again and joining us today, or joining me today I guess, joining me and Richard today, if we wanted to do a plural, Richard's here as always. He wasn't here last time but he is here this time, so not always. I'm just full of lies and bullshit today, but joining us we have the Black Country Editor. Ah, nice, <laughs> nice. Wondered what I was going to give him as an editorial mm. title. I've gone for Black Country. That, oh, is that accurate? I um, mean, I mean I'm, yeah, I'm close to there. Yeah, I mean, That'll yeah, do. yeah. It was it was tricky. I was like, well, what what can I call him that isn't just like horribly ups- upsetting and insulting? And we know, the, that, the baritone so. editor editor. You, you you like calling yourself that, don't you? You're yeah, big on. I don't, I don't know where that came from, but. <laughs> Baritone voice. Baritone Baritone. That's what he says. (laughs) It's like his catchphrase, actually. Yeah, it's like the end of every single thing. Um, And Richard, as always, our reviews editor is here, and I'm your editor-in-chief, and I'm here. And it's going to be the, you know, this is it now. Joel has had to step down. Uh, It's sad. Um, Other commitments, two young kids, you know, life and all that stuff. He's he's had to step away a little bit from playing video games and talking shit about them, um, which is a shame because it's always, I find, a a fun part of my week whenever I get to do that. But uh, yeah, Joel, maybe one day he can return when he's, when he's, when his kids are a bit older and that sort of stuff. So the door's always open for you there, mate. You know, just let us know. We'd love to have you back. So good luck with your PTA stuff. Indeed. Well said. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and he did a, he did a parting review for us for um, Sword Coast Legacy, which he's not about to talk about, sadly. Um, but it, it looked really good. So I, I, I thought that looked like a cool turn-based uh, fantasy set action RPG thing. Um, but we've got some more turn-based strategy games to talk about later, don't we, Chris? So yes. um, that's, on, that's on your docket. And I've also had a chance to play all of 10 minutes of it myself. Um, so, uh, you know, I'll be able to at least ask some informed questions about what I'm assuming is a a deeper playthrough that you've had. Hmm. Um, But before all of that, we need to get into Cross the Streams. Yes. Cross the Streams. Cross Cross the the Streams. streams, Love that. Which is the name Richard came up for for our was untitled What We've Been Watching segment, and it's now called Cross the Streams. Well done, Rich. Great name. Brilliant name. Brilliant. (laughs) Well, I was looking in the the notes and... Um, peek behind the curtain for listeners and watchers. In the notes, it said we need a name for this for probably two years. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, yeah, I'll, think, yeah. I'll try and think of a name and <laughs> just I was, one in. I was say, when I turned when I turned up to my first podcast, I was thinking it was like number fifty four or something. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And right. it said in the notes, we still need a name for this bit. I was like. <laughs> After 54 goes? I don't think we did it as officially for like the first 30 or 40. Um, but yeah, it became something we ended up, we always ended up, we were always talking about what we'd been watching. And so it became this sort of organic segment. And then I thought, oh, we should have a name for that. And I just never sat down to try and think of a name. But Richard's done the work. So I appreciate that. One less thing for me to do. Thank you, Richard. Appreciate it. It's a great name. We really, we really like it. Um, I see. If you if you have any feedback, send us a comment on Facebook or Twitter or in the show post, and let us know what you think of Richard's name choice. If you hate it, by all means, let us know. It'll be fun. <laughs> Thanks, uh, <man. laughs> so, oh, just wait, so just wait for all the Ghostbusters. Never cross the streams. 
Well, I, you know, the other the other thing with crossing the streams is when a bunch of guys go to use the urinal at the same time, isn't yes. it? So, you know, that would be the other one when you that usually comes up. You never cross the streams. That's the one if I you, have in mind. If you try and sword fight <laughs> with someone at a urinal without knowing them, it's probably <laughs> going to end badly. Just, <laughs> just saying. At least wet shoes, possibly a punch in the face. Going confident. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Going confident, that's all I'll say. That's Chris's, from Chris's now untitled life advice and love yeah. advice segment, going confident. Just going confident. That'll get you through most situations. Slash, don't take no for an answer. I like it. Uh, I mean, you added that. I, I'm just saying strongly, that Chris, it was strongly implied. Settle, I mean, down, settle down there. It was strongly implied. Um, so should we talk about what we've been watching then? Let's what we've been watching. I've been watching some old stuff while I've been sick at home uh, on my holiday for the whole week. Uh, I've caught. I've watched a load of. You guys seen Community? The the sitcom from the early 2010s. You know what? I haven't seen it. I've not no. Is it so on Netflix is, now? Uh, 4OD. Uh, um, yeah. So adverts, annoyingly. Um, but like, yeah. So this is where kind of Donald Glover got his break. Um, and this is where a big thing for John McHale, uh, also Alison Brie, kind of where she came from as well, from Glow and stuff like that. Uh, and it's a sitcom set in a uh, community college. And it starts off quite, season one is quite um, sitcom trope heavy, but then they start to lean more and more on this sort of pop culture influences and references that become whole episodes around them deconstructing uh, genre conventions to do with anything from sort of uh, police procedurals to um, crime mysteries, uh, fantasy settings, science fiction. They do a zombie episode, for example, and they just deconstruct them all in very clever ways. It's written uh, and created by Dan Harmon, obviously now very well known for Rick and Morty uh, with Justin Rowland. Um, so, and also his creative partners with this were the Russo brothers. Oh. Who directed a lot of this and then of course went on to be the the marvel guys that made yeah. captain america winter soldier and now avengers infinity war and stuff like that so a All lot right. of creators got a really big break on this show this is kind of where they honed their craft and found their uh vision and their voice and stuff um so it's interesting from that perspective and it's also just it, it's a very interesting from that if you're into the sort of um the meta side of filmmaking and the the behind the scenes and genres and and breaking down those conventions i, I find all that stuff personally really interesting from that from that point of view especially from season two onwards it's it's a really good show for that really funny like um, a, an american version of spaced or something um like. it's not as obviously nerdy mm -hmm. i guess because space was at the time it came out was counterculture um community of course is very much acknowledging the love for and and the kind of you know how how geek culture has become all culture now so it, it's a bit more modern i think space now man if you want to try and watch space now that is so dated that is just painful to watch i find wholeheartedly but, uh, disagree i think space okay. is the best thing this com this country has ever done ever, <laughs> ever done. <laughs> okay that's a hill chris is gonna die on fair enough no but i mean to be fair I, I can i can see the obvious comments i'm gonna get for that black books was very good too uh, it's to me it's dated like red dwarf is dated i i find both of them difficult to watch now because they're such products of their time period um but i mean if you live through them i guess you can look at them with nostalgia but i think if you introduce them to a, a 19 year old now i think they're <laughs> gonna find them very very odd do you know what i mean yeah, yeah fair whereas community still isn't that old it's 2010 2011 that sort of thing so it still it still works this day i, I recommend checking it out it's really good does somebody else want to uh, talk about something they've been streaming so i can have a cough break thank you 
Uh, well, if we're doing a cough break, shall I jump on that? Or <laughs> how's your yeah, how's your throat going, Rich? Uh, it's tingling. My my spider sense is tingling as well as my cough. So um, ah. I was going to talk about venom, but you oh no jump, no go for venom. I think venom is more interesting than the three I've got. So okay, um, I watched Venom yesterday, and for people who don't know, Venom is a superhero movie or um, supervillain movie, I guess about. Um, is he? I don't, I'm not a comic book guy, so we might want Ben to chip in when he's not coughing. But Venom is Spider-Man's arch nemesis, or one he, of them. He's, he's one of his many rogues, is how I yeah. describe him. He's one of the ones I <laughs> like the least as well. So he, he's a product of the, the 90s um, dark, edgier comic book era. Yeah, and um, yeah, he is dark and edgy, um, but still somehow wants to trade on the wisecracking... Um, you know, fun roller coaster vibe of the Spider Man movies, and it really doesn't work. So, Venom's like, um, like this alien thing that comes from space, it's brought back by human astronauts to study, it escapes, and then it becomes like a, a parasite taking over human bodies and imbuing them with powers. So, um, that's what Venom is, is, is like a, a sentient parasite. That takes over what's the guy's name ben brock eddie brock yeah um eddie brock is a journalist looking into this company that's doing dodgy stuff medically um they end up having these parasites uh brock gets infected with one and becomes venom and it's about him taking down this company and saving the, the earth basically um it I had a real problem with the, the sort of tone of it. You've, you've read some of the reviews, haven't you, Ben? And I think mm-hmm. they're... I didn't read them until after I'd seen it, but they're pretty much on the money with it. The, the, the tone just doesn't stay in one place. It feels uncomfortable and lurches from funny to dark, um, macabre and violent the next. And it, it doesn't settle anywhere that is predictable and you know comfortable for the viewer. It just wrong foots you all the time. So one minute, it's almost like aliens sort of set up with, um, you know, uh, parasites crawling up and down walls and jumping out at people and stuff like that. And then suddenly Venom has its own voice and is wisecracking and making funny comments like Spider-Man might. And I just, I couldn't work out where it was going, how it wanted me to feel if it wanted me to feel at all, or if it was just an exercise in playing out this character to set up the Mar- Sony's extended Marvel universe, which in itself is a really weird concept. So Sony own a bunch of characters um, in the Spider-Man sort of universe. Um, this is the first of those movies. So I think there's going to be a series of them. Carnage is um, sort of, teased in the movie as well so i think there's, there's going to be a follow-up to that um but they're not going to link into the marvel movies how, themselves it's how, will have, how like if you can't commit to the violence for venom you can't make a carnage movie carnage <laughs> is the symbiont attached to a serial killer i mean the whole point is that he he makes venom look like a nice guy yeah. you can't you can't make a, anything with carnage that that's just insane I, I mean, just that just sounds such, such a bad idea. Just give up already, Sony, with all this shit. I mean, I'm saying that the Spider-Man game's amazing, but like, that's the one good thing they've done with all this license. But, but this is the problem with splitting a license of an IP. Mm. 
this was this was this was the product of marvel nearly going out of business in the 90s and and they they had no choice they had to do this or disappear entirely as a company so they sold off all their film rights and they've been able to buy a lot back um but they still haven't been able to buy back obviously spidey um and i and i liked homecoming a lot um I just don't think this Venom movie ever looked like it was going to be good. I've never been that interested, to be honest. But I'm looking at the the leaked footages, uh, the leaked footage and pictures from um, was it Far From Home, which is the the next Spider-Man film proper, and and they're showing what looks like Jake Gyllenhaal dressed up as Mephisto in his proper comic book attire, and it looks like they're really going for that um, accuracy to that. And I think that could be hilariously good fun, um, and it's just just so much fun that character. Um, but anyway. Anyway, are you done on, on Venom, Rich? I don't think I'm going to bother uh, seeing Yeah, I'm done on Venom. Yeah. <laughs> You're done it's on, it's a shame because um, Tom Hardy does a really good job as um, as the main character. He does. Mm. He really does it well. And, you know, Tom Hardy, he, he, he does everything well. But there's there's not really much there for him to work with. Michelle Williams plays against him as his girlfriend. She is terrible throughout didn't um, she win an oscar i mean like i'm pretty sure michelle williams won an oscar got nominated for an oscar yeah she's, she's a, a good bunch actor, of serious but... acting roles and stuff she's a good and... actor but there's nothing for her to do in this it is pretty terrible for most people involved riz ahmed's in it as well another good actor and you know you wouldn't tell from this so it's, it's only tom hardy that comes out not smelling of shit frankly fair enough let's move on um you got some interesting things on your list chris yes weird and diverse would you like me to start i have Uh, i have a lot of internet we can we can join we can Uh, join forces with our love of john oliver yes definitely i definitely agree with that we might not agree on space in 2018 but i I do think last week tonight is essential viewing for everyone so absolutely beautiful um well I, i was one of the unfortunate few who when for whatever reason the last week tonight channel stopped being able to upload its videos weekly as far as the united united kingdom was concerned on youtube I got completely stuck. So the only reason I actually have the ability to watch John Oliver, thank heavens, is uh, Charlie, who was sat just over my shoulder there. Um, um, uh, what? Are you hitting the dog? <laughs> um, but yeah, because because uh, when I moved in here, she had Sky, so we can. So I can actually. She suddenly said, "Oh, I can record that for." Her. I was like, "What?" So yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, obviously it's been um, taken over by Brett Kavanaugh this week. Um, and Charlie was actually saying, apparently he's just got in. Or well, he's close to getting in. Um, it's, it's, did you see the Matt Damon SNL? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it just sums it up perfectly. It, it, the whole thing is just at this point, there's, there's nothing coming out of American politics that surprises me anymore. Um, yeah. I, I studied it when I was at university and, and that was during the, like post 9-11. And that was crazy in itself. But this, yeah. this is the whole nother level of insane that the, 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 it's like it's like an extended south park episode it doesn't seem real half the time um yeah. but but it, it is and it's fucked up in so many ways and that they could appoint a man like that into yeah. a position like that and you're just and like what that's one of my that's one of the reasons why the not i don't think it's the last series of, of um south park but the series prior it must be with with member and all that sort of stuff um where they did they basically did the trump campaign uh, that whole series was was beautiful and perfect because they didn't have to do any work. They just had to change the names and places. <laughs> Except and was- the, pro- the problem was that they got into there is like everybody in the left-wing socialist media, they didn't think he was going to win. 
No. And then they, they wrote themselves into a corner yep. with a joke failed of the entire season because he won. <laughs> because he won. <laughs> and it was and it was just like, oh, oh, oh shit. Uh, I have mm-hmm. have you guys seen the new South Park episode, by the way? I haven't, no. Oh no, man, they I'm, tackle I'm... they tackle gun gun crime in schools mm. and it's incredibly depressing and upsetting. The whole gag is that there's literally like um a shooting in, in South Park Elementary every day. And it, it's got to the point where the kids don't even acknowledge it anymore. It's just normal life. Yeah. And, the, and there's only one one South Park character that thinks it's crazy, and everybody else is just like, "Is she on her period?" And it's <laughs> and it's literally how they treat her. And it's like this is so fucking depressing. And yet they just nail it to the wall. And it's just like that was one of the better ones of the last few years. They really yeah. fucking ha- hammer it to the wall. But uh, no, that yeah yeah it's. Uh, Last week tonight, everybody should watch yes. last week tonight. Highly really, recommend it. Really, Highly really recommend should. it. Super, super good. Uh, it's funny. You feel like you're learning yeah. stuff, but you're entertained. Yeah. And also, John Oliver in Community. First two seasons mm. of Community. He plays a uh, psychology professor at the uh, oh. community college. Random <laughs> connection to what I've been watching. There we go. As well. um, but yeah, yeah, definitely worth watching. Uh, I'm going to touch on it quickly. I think something else we can all agree on. I've watched Lord of the Rings and Fellowship of the Ring extended editions. Still mm. so good. Love still those so movies. good still so good yeah like that holds up surprisingly well a couple of bits with the cgi is starting to look a bit dated but the use of the the, the bigotures as they called them the yeah. practical effects um you know it's still amazing how much they got out of so little like these relatively small budgets and how that that production works it's still just amazes me to this day that those films are as close to perfect as they are my favourite, uh, my favourite little story about the tech of Lord of the Rings. You know, in the third one, slight spoilers alert if you haven't seen it. I just... But I mean, if you haven't seen it by now, you're probably not going to see it, so it won't affect you anyway. Um, <laughs> thank you, Charlie. <laughs> but, um, but um, the bit in the third film where Faramir is put on the pyre to be on, to be set alight, to be burned because Faramir thinks his son has died. Um, obviously, Gandalf rides in on Shadowfax. Um, smashes the doors open and knocks Faramir off. Obviously, the horse is not going to go anywhere near um, actual fire because it's an animal and sensible. So, do you know? Do you know what they did? Do you know how they? Do you know how they did it? Uh, probably, but I can't remember. But go on. Um, most people, when I ask that question, they go, oh, yeah, it must have been CG. Because they did actually write. The films have been going... It took so long to film the films that, that actually someone wrote the program during the, the time of films to, to do CG fire, um, which they added to the Balrog in the first film, but that's a whole other thing. Um, but actually what they did was they didn't want to CG the fire. They wanted to uh, get it as real as possible. So what they did was they used a Pepper's Ghost effect. They put glass around the pyre, had a fire about 100 foot... Uh, not 100 foot, about 10 foot that way. And just use the reflection in the glass, and that's the fine. That's the shot in the final movie as well. It's crazy. Mm, it's so much of that beautiful. with how the, how they shoot things, like the hobbits, yes. uh, with Gandalf using fit, uh, perspective, and yeah. you know so much in camera effects, yeah. which are you know almost a lost art that mm. Jackson used there. He nearly died making those films. I mean, that, did, that was yeah. the commitment he made to that. I mean, and and in a connection to uh, current stuff, I just saw like the next trailer for uh, Mortal Engines from New York Comic Con that came oh, out today. Yeah. And that's them. That's the Walsh and Jackson yeah. and Philip Reeve is directing it, but they're all involved. And you know what? That's looking absolutely incredible. I'm a big fan of those books. 
Um, so I'm, I can't wait to see that's London in, wheeling around and eating things. Yeah, that's, that's been in production for a while, hasn't it? Because I've heard mm-hmm. about that for years. Comes out comes out this Christmas, so it should oh, be a cool. good a good December movie. Very much yes. looking forward to that as well. So. How did he nearly die then? He just worked himself to exhaustion. Yeah, he got really right. really sick, lost all, like all his weight, became this this stick figure compared to the big guy he was when he started <laughs> making it, and he, and he just he just nearly worked himself to death, basically. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple um, of it, there's a couple of interviews if you watch in like in the years just after they finished filming Lord of the Rings, there's a couple of interviews with Peter Jackson where his head is the same size but his body is scarily thin, mm-hmm. scarily thin. Yeah, that's commitment. That's yeah. that's that's also saying I'm going to make these films for like peanuts and somehow make them amazing. Yes, uh, and it's just like wow, did you do it all yourself? Like, I mean, like, did you have a crew? No, it's fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, well, well worth watching. I always, I try and rewatch them every two or three years, something like that. Um, and it, and they never fail to impress. So, you, so the films, so you do to the films, what most people do, what a lot of people do with the book, which is read it once a year. Uh, the book, uh, the book I've read a couple of times over the years, but I, 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 I prefer the films. I prefer the films. Like, I think he does such a good job. I don't feel the need to read it um, every every time. So, and oh, Richard, Tom you... Bombadil. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> we can do without Tom Bombadil. It's there's some things that are better left out. Like I, no, I that's, he did a good I, job. You know what? He yeah. Did a good okay. Job. Okay. Uh, Richard, I want to know about Maniac. Should I spend my time watching? Uh, it's Emma Stone and that fat kid from Superbad. <laughs> yeah. I've got... forgotten his name as well. What's Jonah his name? Hill. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, Jonah, fair enough. Yeah, but he was always he'll always be the fat one from Superbad opposite Michael Sarah to me. Always. That's why I remember him. <laughs> That's where he started. That's where his career started. That was that yeah. was the first thing he did. Um but is it is it good? It looks like an interesting concept. You are always watching the, the slightly weirder sci-fi on Netflix, Rich. So I like it. Yeah. yeah. I'm a so couple episodes off the end of this, so right. you know, I've got to add that caveat. It might turn out bad. It might be another lost, you know, where it's one of those mental shows that sounds really good. And while you're in the middle of it, it's fantastic. If it gets to the end and there's no payoff, I don't know, that might change things. But at the moment, it's quite special. It's it's really silly. Um, it's really violent. Um, it's funny. There's an edge of David Lynch to it. It feels like Videodrome. Um there's there's so much there to unpack. I can't really explain it to you, but the basic premise is that there's this company that is developing this drug trial, and as a series of drugs, they sort of take you out of your current existence and accentuate your memories to the point that you are existing within them. So it's almost like a virtual reality thing, but you're going back into your memories, reliving what you have done in the past to sort of challenge, confront trauma. And there's a the Jonah Hill and Emma Stone have traumatic events in their life that they they relive. They meet in this trial, and for one way or another, they become connected. So their histories, their memories, their consciousness start to overlap in these tests and it becomes very weird. I don't really want to tell you much more about what happens within that because you, you recommend it's checking really it out. Surprising though. some of the things that happen are just totally off the wall. Um, but I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. 
Okay. If, if I, you I like was, weirdness, I yeah, yeah, I do. I love weird I, stuff like that. That uh, <clears throat> breaks convention or gets in your head, and it's like you don't know what's going on. I do. I do enjoy that sort of stuff. Yeah. So that that sounds on my list. It's already on my Netflix list, but now it's on my like. I'm actually going to try and watch this list. Um, Chris, does this mean that you've like watched a lot of Jim Sterling rant into a camera about video games in a slightly yes. bored formulaic way, yes. or just the newest one? I'll no, watch. no, no, no! I've watched thousands <laughs> in the last couple of weeks. Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's why you've t- you're morphing into. I can see a little red tie growing out of your neck. <laughs> why? I enjoy it. I mean, I enjoy it. sure, but like you've watched, you've watched a lot in the last couple of weeks. Like, yeah. Does, but, it not get, does it not get a bit tiring? No. No. No, I I enjoy angry rants occasionally. And so this... Yeah, I will say we we st- started BXB kind of tonally in a response to the the pervasiveness of negative commentary about video games. Yeah. How easy it is to tear shit down. Oh yeah, we we kind of created BXB to bring a positive voice to gaming to try and see what the developer was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I fucking did, Richard. Didn't get that but but to try to try and sort of see what a developer is doing or trying to do, even if they miss the mark. And I always, yeah. I you you know you can you can tear everything down if you try hard enough. You know, yeah. there's all nothing's fucking perfect. But if some you, if, things deserve it, though, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, sometimes Jim Jim go. definitely goes after certain things, and it's just like, yeah, legit, that shit is egregious. That deserves it, you know. And you've got a great huge audience get it out there but sometimes it's a bit like well what am i going to tear down this week and it's so it feels like you know he's looking for things a bit more than he needs to maybe mm-hmm. um so I that's why that. i don't watch that's why i don't watch I everything that. he does but that's why you know there are certain pieces that i'll be just be like yeah nodding along to going yeah yeah fair play yeah. Um, no, I, I can see that but i also watch uh, nostalgia critic um mm-hmm. Who does very much the same thing to movies? It's very rare you get anything that he genuinely likes on that channel. He's a, he's less negative than Jim Sterling overall, um, but you see, I, while I think Jim Sterling is um, genuine in his um, opinions and in himself, I still think a lot a lot of it is character. And I actually and I I just find him really entertaining to watch. And whether I agree with him or not, to me, is not not so important. It's the fact that I actually just I do enjoy what he says. And he, how it's, he a says perso- it. it's a it's a persona yeah. yeah i mean he's it's a it's curated persona unlike uh like ourselves where i think you know maybe sometimes i'll play devil's advocate but it's kind of clear that i'm doing that for the, the, the reason of discussion yeah. but he's he's very much a character but then it's almost a bit like well isn't that slightly disingenuous is i mean are you doing this just to get subscriptions and make money are you doing this because at this point because that's what people want rather than you coming from a journalist integrity point of view you well, know so it's a bit it's a bit mm. i mean in terms of the journalist integrity you'd have to ask you'd have to ask jim i don't know that one but uh, it, it, he doesn't get paid from youtube he gets he gets paid by patreon so it's people vo- okay. it's people volunteering so his, money, his, so. his youtube videos aren't ad supported i've no, no i've he, not looked into it closely no he, he his channel is entirely ad free everything comes from patreon 
Right, well, that's fair enough um, then. That means people are paying him directly for that character, so you can't yeah. really argue with that. No, exactly. So. I mean, that's, that's absolutely fair. Sorry, Jim, I, I'm not. I, I like you, but I don't like you enough to pay you. Um. I, I mean, I, I, I follow a few... I, I'm a patron of a couple of things um, that I do support uh, on a monthly basis, um, and I will be probably talking about... I mean, you brought me onto this. It wasn't planned, but I'll be talking <laughs> about it a little bit... Um, next week because they're launching sort of their 2.0 thing trying a, a oh, new funding yes. drive uh, and basically it's a no clip which is a, a Danny O'Dwyer's led project he's a okay. alumni of GameSpot and Giant Bomb and basically he makes um, video game documentaries nice. and if you haven't checked out this channel no clip on YouTube it's absolutely fantastic he's done Doom the new Doom he's done um uh, Final Fantasy 14. He's done loads of games, obscure and big, embedded and not. He did this big deep dive into Fallout 76 when they announced it. He, you know, timed it from that point of view as well. Lots of great access with the developers as well. Um, and and it really comes from a place of love of gaming. Like, you know, there's a, but also fair. I don't think, I don't get the impression he would like big something up unless he genuinely believed yeah. it. But uh, I'll be, you'll be, I'll be uh, using the BXB account Twitter to help. <laughs> promote this i'm sure next week because i really do think it's some of the best quality documentarian type content cool. out there for video games nice. um but yeah there you go shout yep. for for danny and no clip uh, unplanned but you, you, it's your fault chris it's your fault. <laughs> we should uh we should move on from cross yeah. the streams yes into something that broke literally as we were recording we recorded on the friday two weeks ago yeah and it was happening and it happened while we were recording. So I was a bit bummed that we missed it. So it's been two weeks to talk about this. But at the same time, it is a fucking miserable thing. Um, and it's absolutely depressing and awful. And basically, this is what's just happened to Telltale and how it's gone out of business. Uh, the last remnants of the staff have now been let go. There were 25 people being held on to help finish a project. I get the imp impression that project didn't even get finished. They have just let them go as well now. Yep. Uh, and this was done in an absolutely abhorrent manner. So the people at the top of this studio, at the top of this developer, they were not ignorant to what was happening that with their cash flow situation. I don't think in any situation where they wouldn't, sort of suddenly come out of the blue and be like, oh, we've got to let everyone go with zero severance, with less than a week's medical health care. You know, it's just disgusting how they were given half an hour to leave the studio and forced by security guards to, like, you know, grab things from their desk and be gone. And that was it. That was it. And it all happened all at once. People had been hired in this studio the week prior. There were interviews still going on in the HR department for new hires. Nobody knew about this except those at the top. And the way they have treated their employees is frankly disgusting. And I hope they will burn in hell. Uh, any other thoughts? Uh, that's fair. <laughs> I think you pretty much covered it. It's, it's the, This is the problem, unfortunately, with the fact that the gaming... Um, the gaming industry is uh, is non-unionized. They've got no protection, unfortunately. Uh, now, I'm not necessarily a massive fan of unions, but they do come in useful very occasionally, and this is one of those times. So, I mean, they're, they're, and the other problem, of course, is that there are inherent protections in countries like ours in the UK. Yeah. Uh, in, there are employment laws. The employment laws yeah. in the US are state-based, uh, yeah. and certain states basically give no protection to the employee and all the protection to the employer um so they can just fire people it's uh, i think they call it right to work or something like that yeah. um and they've got some annoying term for it and it basically means that the employer can let you go without any reason immediately uh on any grounds you know all the power is in their hands um 
they are, there's a class action lawsuit has been uh, filed against Telltale. Um, so people are going to try and sue them, but it's going to take them years, you know, it's, it, it, and they might not win if the employment law isn't there to back them up. Um, so, yeah, it's just disgusting. And, and you know, Richard, let's talk about from your perspective. You're a fan of the Walking Dead series. You've just played through a bunch of them. You were, you know, you've just finished episode one of the final season. You were waiting for episode two. Uh, so as as a fan of this series, how does well, that feel for you? Actually, I haven't played any of the final series. I was waiting until it was all out. So, well, uh, it is now. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. the two episodes that are released is it. You've got what you got. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it kind of stinks, doesn't it? I'd got back into The Walking Dead from season three. And I'd replayed seasons one and two recently, um, lining up for this final season. Because um, I'd, I'd been really into it for the first couple of seasons. I hadn't tried the third one. I thought, I'll, I'll get back on that. This final one is going to be good, right? Um, who knows what's going to happen with that now? They're, they're talking about whether or not someone can pick this up. A, a third party, a third, another company might finish it off. But whether I... that's thrown in, into the bin now that the... And uh, Telltale has closed down fully. Irrelevant. I assume that that's Irre finished. Irrelevant. And I, I, I'm, I will share my voice with Patrick Klepek and some of the left wing media on this one from like Waypoint and stuff. Even if that happens, do not buy that. Because oh, unless gonna, all of that, that money goes to the fucking people that have just been fired, you know, yeah. for their unpaid severance, unless it all goes to them, do not support that. No, do absolutely. Not. Yeah, they, they came out with something. What did they say? It was it was something along the lines of no promises, guys, but we might be able to bring the full game out. They, they, they implied that there was um, people, there were other developers that had been showing interest, and other publisher had shown yeah, interest. Potential in partners, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. No, no promises. Now that, that that's a double kick in the teeth to people who've bought it, and now it's like they're doing you a favor by saying they might finish off what you've already paid for, but. Imagine you're one of the people they've laid off and you're currently trying to f figure out how to pay your mortgage and then your ex-employer is telling you oh, someone else is going to come in and do what we've just sat you from. The, the yeah. horror stories are just... So there was, this is about 250 people, right, we're talking about here, something in that area, maybe, maybe close to 300. And some yeah. of the horror stories, people that had literally the month prior had taken this job, moved cross-country <clears throat> yeah. to work at this studio. And, and may I point out, this is in San Francisco, which is one of the most expensive places to live and work in the entire United States. So these people with families that have just have uprooted themselves now have no financial support and no health care or protection for them or their families in, in, in a part of the country that they won't be able to stay in unless they can find gainful employment immediately. And it's not like if you get a new job, you get paid straight away anyway. You're still going to have to work at least a month, probably, before you see a paycheck. So, so you know, people often work paycheck to paycheck, especially in the current economic situations, especially if you live in an expensive part of the world. So these people are in, you know, you can't overstate how serious this is. Um, it's happened to me. I, I was, I've been made suddenly redundant from certain jobs in the past. Uh, and actually, in a similar situation where I did move across the country to work and live in Cambridge for a video game company, which then after six months, suddenly, without any warning, let me go and my entire team go. Right. So that actually has actually happened to me. So I know that feeling of utter terror and uh, confusion and bewilderment out for no reason of anything you've done that you are suddenly out of a job. And you have to scramble desperately to try and find some kind of employment, you know, there and then. 
and and it just it's just it's just gross man it's the reason i've never gone back to work in the industry um because it's just the more i've looked into it and it's actually seemingly getting worse not better this was i'm going back this was like 12 15 years ago this happened to me but you know it doesn't seem to have improved if anything at all um in that intervening time and it and it's it's true disturbing i'll point out we've got lots of links to lots of stories from people like kotaku and polygon and waypoint on the site in the show notes do look deeper into this. I will point out one thing. It's gross to see gamers getting aggressive towards the developers saying, how dare you betray us like this? We demand the rest of our Walking Dead as promised. It's disgusting. People make these video games. They don't just fucking appear in your hands. So, you know, understand that. And this is a serious thing that is just fucked up. Like, I've been I've been so angry for for like two weeks as the story's developed and the more news has come out about it. I, I it make me genuinely furious to see what's happened to these people. And you know, it, it, there's little we can do, you know, but except try and raise the awareness of the situation. But you know, what it is is the whole industry needs to fucking change the way they do these things. There needs to be something there for the game for those developers. It's just it's just fucked up. I enjoy I, I quote unquote enjoyed the um, the Steam discussion topic comment that was in the Eurogamer report that um, I enjoyed. Can you uh, be more specific? It was from, uh, it's on the internet, so sod this person. It was, uh, it was from a person called Silver who said, um, team should work for free. Yes, I know that sounds crazy, but this is exactly what modders have been doing for years. This is how many great standalone <laughs> full feature games were created. Like the mods for Total War, such as Third Days, Call of, Call of Warhammer, etc. If the TWD cast, crew, actors and developers really cared about this franchise, they would, like they claim on Twitter, they would return to the studio, finish the remaining two episodes and then call it a day. If modders can do that, why can't regular professionals? Because, um, Mr. Ms. Silver, um, modders who don't get paid for their games work get paid for other stuff that they do like <laughs> their job which is what these guys have all just lost that's that's why they're not going to work for free but you you could even argue that modders shouldn't work for free and no, and, and a couple of studios have attempted to monetize mods to a huge community backlash like you know bethesda tried that with uh i think it was some skyrim mods and stuff a couple yeah. about a year ago two years ago and and yeah the community flip the fuck out and it's just like yeah people people should get paid for the art they create strangely enough i, I think my my problem with the bethesda charging for mods was if the modder said you have to buy this mod off me that's fine or i know that all the money is going to the modder when bethesda say we're going to charge you for this mod i don't know how much of the modder how much of the money the modder is going to get so bethesda there's, a, we get there's a split yeah and, and, and a split is, of course, fine. Bethesda own the original game. Of, you've had to use their assets to make the product. I'm not saying Bethesda shouldn't make money off it. But until we know the split, I think that, that was my problem when Bethesda No, they, 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 all those numbers were out there when they did it. Oh, well, they, I, they, I they, they broke the percentages down. It's the same as if you buy a video game, isn't it? You have the, not all of the money goes to the fucking developers. Well, no, this really. is true. I mean, this you've got true. marketing, you've got publishing. Oh, just myriads of costs. Loads going to voice actors, loads more than they go to the actual programmers, which is all kinds of fucked up in many ways. Um, so it's just like, yeah, yeah, there's lots of lots of problems with it. But yeah, guys, it sucks. Um, and I feel yeah. like every episode, we're talking about a studio closing. Every single episode. And it's another one, you know, every time and it's more people out of work and this one was particularly egregious because of of the severance and the healthcare situation to those poor developers so yeah yeah um it's gross and i hope that they're talented people they were saddled with an incredibly shit engine 
um, which if you read in the reports was basically it wasn't developed because that's not where they spent the money at the studio. It was going on license after license after license. Um, and it was basically the, it was an unsustainable business model. Yeah. Um, they, they didn't create their own IP. And because they didn't have their own IP, they weren't exactly you know appealing to investors. Because if an investor is going to give money to you, they don't want you just giving that to a licensor, do they? They want to see it come back their way. Um, so, yeah, it was a stupid model that lasted longer than it probably should have. Um, but at the same time, nobody ever thought they were in danger. And it's just it was a complete shock um, and some seriously creative writing talent in there. Great, great artwork and stuff like that. So, yeah, I hope they all find gainful employment. They all deserve it. So. Uh, uh, in the comments, uh, Always Room Luke has been telling me that actually um, other studios have reached out to ex-employees of Telltale yeah. Games or offering them jobs, which is pretty darn cool. Yeah, that often happens, uh, and a lot of a lot of studios will host host things like job fairs and stuff. Usually, that happens when there's a bit of forewarning about a developer closing, um, yeah. like so they can put things in place. Because this happened so suddenly, there were less of the job fair type things. But yeah it's quite common because they know there's talent there and you know yeah. especially in the writing departments and stuff like that other studios are going to definitely want to snap those guys up you've got to remember telltale created the modern adventure game like yeah. we wouldn't have these life is strange wouldn't exist for mm -hmm. example without telltale no, yeah. um you know the the resurgence of the traditional point and click adventure games that came off the back of people realizing they still enjoyed those kind of adventure games that wouldn't have happened without telltale so the watch your eye output and stuff like that. None of that would have existed without Telltale. Um, so these guys are incredibly influential uh, and you know have made some fantastic games. The Borderlands one comes to mind for me, as does the first season of Walking Dead. So they will be missed. It's fucked up. And those at the top of that studio deserve to be crucified. Should we move on? Yes. Okay. I, mm -hmm. I wanted to give it I wanted to give that its due though, because I think it's a, a big important issue. Yeah. Um so did you guys see, did you guys watch the new Death Stranding trailer? I did mm -hmm. not. I'm, I'm bad. It was, I, I told you to do your homework, Chris. I told you. Well, you're having the same conversation with me that many of my teachers had with me at school. It didn't work for them. <laughs> but they didn't possibly... give you video games. They just gave you Ds. There's a difference. I, I, came, out, I came out with A's and B's. Thank you very much. <laughs> Apart from, well, wait, one how, apart from one you, teacher. But, if you weren't well. doing your homework or paying attention, how is it you came out with A's and B's? I'm because I was very good in the classroom. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it was lazy at home. So basically, all of this trailer did, it introduced a villain, it introduced a monster that looked like something a bit out of Bloodborne, and it introduced the fact that Troy Baker, of, of many voices, will be also lending his talent to this oh. Kojima production. And it looks great. I'm still super intrigued by that game. I can't wait to see what the fuck that thing is in the year 2029. <laughs> yeah, we still uh, can't tell, can we? This, no. this was the most gamey trailer we've seen, but you still yes. can't really tell what it is. It looked a bit bayoneted to me, did you not think? Oh. The gold mask and um, mm. massive beasts. Yeah. Bayonetta-ish, but I still can't tell how you play it or whether it's any good or not. Mm. Um, I see what you're saying. I, I got Bloodborne from it. That monster was very bloodborne -y, I thought. And I think a lot of people have been saying the same thing. So I can't say that's the most original idea I've had there. But uh, yeah, mm. I mean, yeah, the, an idea of, a, of an enemy, of a creature. There is something to fight. You know, we're getting an yeah. idea that there's going to be, I think it's going to be kind of like, you know, is that his, the equivalent of a Metal Gear enemy? Is it yes. going to be like the bigger boss fight that we're seeing there? You know, mm -hmm. he's going to bring in Metal Gear elements, isn't he? He's not going to completely change the formula from the games he's made and made him famous. There's going to be some of that in there. So it's going to be curious to see how it's all graphs and comes together. 
when it comes out when the uh, sun hits supernova. Uh, okay. <laughs> so so we'll move on. Sony saw the light, saw sense, and more importantly, saw dollar signs, and have finally enabled uh, cross-play between a PS4 version of Fortnite and everything else it's on. Um, there's some interesting comments about this in the story that I've linked to, because... <laughs> Yes. There's basically them saying this isn't the end, that they're going to be looking at opening it up for other things and that, you know, Rocket League's been mentioned as a rumoured one as well that's going to be opened up. Um, and also in implications that maybe this took them longer than it should have. Maybe maybe they should have got this sorted a bit quicker, you know. Yeah. They're, they're at pains to make it sound like it's a really complicated piece of work. It's not. Maybe it is. I don't know. But, no, but because the developers <laughs> turned it on. Do you not remember? Do you remember when <laughs> Epic accidentally turned on crossplay between PS4 and Xbox One. I know. And then it was like they had to turn it off again. It was like, well, it can't be that hard then, can it? I mean, <laughs> it's just it a little is. bit insulting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. when, yeah, they've done it already almost accidentally. Nintendo have done it, of all people. It can't be that hard, really. Yeah. But yeah, well, they're, still, they're well, still playing that line. What, what it is, is Epic and Sony have come to an arrangement about revenue. I would have thought it's about money, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, it has to be. Um, so somewhere behind behind the scenes there, a number has been agreed upon. And uh, lo and behold, it works. <laughs> Shock. Um, but no, it's good for gamers. I, I, you know, So things like console exclusivity and all of that bullshit is it, so dumb in 2018 for games. And so, yeah, just you just want to be able to play with your friends. This is a free game. You just want kids just want to be able to play with you know, their mates on whatever they've got. It doesn't matter. And that's what we're finally going to have. With a game as popular as Fortnite, it just was a bad look for them, wasn't it? It was a really bad look. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's a good step forward if one that was ridiculously hard to take for some reason. Um, so with that, that's all. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, did you guys see the, the leaked Harry Potter video game footage? Yeah. Uh, I, saw, I saw screens of it. I didn't watch yeah. a video. I can't say yeah. I'm that excited about a Harry Potter game. That's well, a I was wanting to make now, isn't it? Yeah. Well, no. It's it's honestly it's as popular as it's ever been. As someone who deals with this stuff on a on a daily basis, and uh, the the new film is coming, the Fantastic Beast number two, which is oh. keep, all of this is keeping the interest alive in the Harry Potter universe. Um, and I'm not a biggest fan. I wasn't sure if either of you guys were. Um, Chris, for some reason, made me think he would be. I got the vibe that he'd be a Harry Potter fan. Charlie is a massive Harry Potter fan. Yeah. Um, so so is my wife. Yeah. So. I just, I mean, yeah, it, it looks cool. It looks cool. But, but I, I have, um, does Harry Potter need an open world video game? That's my question. Is it, I'm not saying we don't need another Harry Potter game. I'm just saying, do we need an open world Harry Potter game? Uh, I'm not saying it's not cool. But... You're saying against open world games? Um, I have something with the sheer amount of them. I mean, isn't it? Isn't it, if it's a if it's a world you want to experience and get yeah, lost? Yeah, I mean, in, isn't that compelling? Isn't that? I mean, exciting? don't get me wrong. It will sell. It will sell. And if it's well made, I will probably. Well, I'll pick one. I'll probably grab one for Charlie anyway, um, and I'll probably have a go on it myself. Um, but um, I, um, I mean, it's it's interesting. Um, but again, you know. Uh, I don't think it's anywhere near completion, so I don't. I don't see the. I mean, it's good to so, see. It's there's rumours about where it's coming from. This game isn't usually when you get footage like this. It's from a cancelled project where a developer's gone. Fuck it. This Let's thing I worked it. on for three years is yeah. dead. 
have some footage, screw you guys. Yeah. Um, this time, however, this is footage that's leaked from a game that's still in development, still active development. Um, there's a few rumors as to where it might be coming from. Um, but it's about a year out, is what some sources are saying. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, yeah, it looks like a proper action RPG with some combat and possibly some, like, killing in it. Some actual kind of, like, quite heavy-duty stuff with goblins in there and stuff. And it's got an interesting setting, hasn't it? It's, like, late 1800s, early 1900s kind of, yeah. like milieu to it and i think that's interesting you know it's not trying to be modern day but it's also earlier than where fantastic beast is set as well so i think i think that's that's cool it can carve out its own little niche and create its own little bit of lore and expand upon it you know and then if it's being made in conjunction with rowling and her stuff and you know she's got some creative input in there then uh I, I don't I like the movies i think the movies are enjoyable enough i've never yeah. read the books never read any of the books but i think as a universe i actually prefer fantastic beast more because it's got a slightly more adult feel to it um so it's a bit more relatable uh, and i like those movies but you know I'll, I'll i'll play it i'll play it i'll check it out it looks cool i mean personally given that it's warner brothers who i have issues with anyway i don't particularly like their gaming division but um, okay what did they do to you chris what happened well one thing i've always show wanted, us where they hurt you on one, the diet one thing i've always wanted is a proper proper open world um middle earth game right and we were going to get that for free um, because they were modding one originally for Oblivion. Then, it was, then they ported it all to Skyrim. And it looked absolutely amazing. Warner Brothers stepped in and with the, with a cease and desist order. And I have a problem with cease and desist orders as well for free content. Um, <laughs> while I understand protecting your IP, and I, and I do understand protecting your IP, and, that, and that's fair, um, I would rather see um, Warner Brothers working on because lord of the rings is still as popular it's, it's been just as long since lord of the rings went as harry potter went granted harry potter's got slightly more recent movies um, yeah quite a lot more yeah yeah but like, um this year but anyway well yeah yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> um but, <laughs> but yeah um but i i still think i mean i i have problems with warner brothers I, I, I just, you didn't like you don't like Shadow of War and Shadow of Mordor and stuff. You've not played those. You don't like those. I, I Shadow of War, will I thought was pretty good. Shadow of Mordor was better, but I like this. But that's um, an open world action RPG set in the Middle Earth. I mean, it's what's... an open Mordor. You don't go to the Shire. No, you don't Shadow, go to in Shadow you don't of go to... War. No, you don't in Shadow of Mordor. Correct, but in Shadow of War, is a, there's a lot more variety in the location. Okay, no, I haven't played Shadow of War. To be fair to them, so um, that only you... came out. That only came out of this like the end of last year. So, yeah. Can you choose your race, or are you a man? No, you're 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 the dude that's half half elf ghost and half dude. Right. Cool. Yeah. Whatever the fuck that's about. <laughs> um. But you can. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 weird because it's like Warner Brothers and Monolith just taking incredible creative liberties with that property and oh, just yeah. making shit up. Yep. Like Shelob is a sexy lady in Shadow of War. She isn't even a spider, and it's like what the. It's so you can feel like you want to fuck her. It's like if you want to fuck a spider, it's kind of weird. But if yeah. you want to fuck her, and she's a spider that turns into a sexy lady. That's okay. No, um, that no, that no, that's still weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it, but 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 Middle that's Earth, still weird. Middle Earth. I mean, I yeah, granted in Middle Earth, um, but no, I mean, um, more power to the Harry Potter fans. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean richard's got nothing to say on this i'm slightly more excited by this than i was by harry potter go 
Um, oh God! Oh, just no. And I'm definitely more excited about by this than the last news item, which was about Fortnite. So, mm. yeah, no, none of us are Fortnite. I've <laughs> tried. I've tried, mate. I've tried, and it's no. just like just don't care. No, just rather play PUBG. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> what? What? Now? You are. Right, you know. You, you are opening yourself up for fire there. <laughs> I just what well, because because people love Fortnite more than PUBG, but I think PUBG is a much better game. But there you go. Um, so good news now. Good news. Yes. Boys at yes. Russ is coming back. Maybe sort of kinda <laughs> weird weird sort of news story. This it sort of quietly came out that the guys that were kind of you know closing it down, selling it all off, breaking it all apart, decided not to, and they're actually going to try and relaunch the brand and the IP and kind of bring it back instead of getting rid of it because it was too too much of a you know valuable property to completely destroy um when they tried to change the advert a few years ago that's where this what that's where this has come from new name for chris conspiracy chris (laughs) yeah so i have no idea what you're talking about i I can't remember the last time you You know do you remember the toys are off adverts from I mean, we're, we're, we're when we were children. Yeah, you know the yeah. whole yeah, the Jeffrey, whole song. The Jeff, yeah, Toys R Us, Toys R Us, Toys R Us. That has been the song for since then, forever. And about oh, what five, six years ago, Toys R Us released a statement saying we're changing the Toys R Us jingle, and everybody went mental. It was one of the most brilliant pieces of internet madness I've ever seen. Everybody on every social media was saying, "No, no, you cannot do this." And that's why I reckon their stock started to fall. That's probably true. <laughs> it's probably true. It's probably got nothing to do with the fact that they were trying to still be a big box retailer in an environment where people were no longer consuming or buying video games due to the advent of tablet computers. Probably oh, yeah. nothing to do with that. No. But, uh, probably just the advert, man. Yeah, fuck that advert. Seriously, <laughs> um, I will be proven correct one of these days. I'm not on, sure on what well, subject we'll, I will we'll be. We'll talk about simulators at some point, and I'm sure you'll be. Poop, right. poop. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so good news. Yeah. I mean, be, we'll see no, what it's happens. Great news. But it's like, well, I'm not sure it's, it's quite news yet. I mean, we don't know what form they're coming but back. It, but, you, but it also Woolworths always... came back technically. Wouldn't this yeah, always also be the same kind of news as like if I just turned around to you and went, "Oh, actually, um, Telltale's coming back." They're not going to rehire any of the staff that hmm. they fired, um, but they're going to come back and they're going to bring out the rest of the Walking Dead, the final season. Is it kind of like that? I mean, like if you think about it, Toys R Us has come back, yeah, but they fired all their staff. They've got rid of all the shops. So whatever comes back doesn't help all the people that they just fucked. Does Did it? Toys R Us give their employees severance pay? Oh, I'm sure they treated them better. Yes. Absolutely. It wouldn't be hard to treat them better than what just happened. Well, no, this is true. This is true. I mean, like, <laughs> oh, my God. Active. And they knew that was coming for, like, the best part of a year, didn't they? Yeah. So it was a long process. Yeah. Um, yeah. But still, it's kind of... Uh, we'll see what happens. It's not news, but it could be good. It could be good. Yeah. Uh, what's moving on to the next bit? Ah, I'm, I'm going to talk to you guys about this, and that's slightly broader a broader thing. Do you Are you guys familiar with The Witcher? Yes. This is an interesting story. Are you familiar that it was based on a book series? I wasn't until this story came up, but now I Oh, you were not? You weren't? Okay. No, I wasn't. Famously, the author... Has anybody got the author's name to hand? Andrzej Sapkowski. All right. Famously, the author sold the rights to CD Projekt Red for, like, no money. Like, hardly anything. And and CD Projekt actually said, we can do a profit share thing. And he was like, (laughs) what profits? Give me all my money now. 
like that. He, literally what he did, he said, I want all the money. I have no confidence in your ability to make a video game out of this. That'll be anything other than shit and sell five copies. He And he's kind of famously been a dick about it. But now he's sort of like got in touch with his lawyers and contacted them and gone, actually, actually, I think I should have $16 million due to how well The Witcher 3 did. And Project Red have gone, no. <laughs> so I think I think it's curious because he actually has some grounds in Poland because there is actually some protective laws yeah. in that nation about um, creators selling uh, license to their IPs uh, when they're very sort of small time to protect them being exploited. That he really wasn't. They did try to give him the deal that would have netted him probably considerably more mm -hmm. than sixteen million dollars. And some people are saying, well, look, they did so well. This is this is small change to them. Why don't they just pay him off? Give him something, you know, to keep him happy. Because um, he's being a massive dick about it. it might be but he is, be, he is being a massive dick. And he's always been a dick. Whenever you see this guy interviewed, he comes across as... He's like evil George R.R. R. Martin. He's like... He's just <laughs> such an abrasive shit. Um, so it's, it's hard to feel like any empathy or sympathize with him on this, but... I mean, it comes down to the idea of, like, how do you guys feel about, like, you know, big companies taking advantage? Though I will point out that CD Projekt were not a big company when no. they bought this license. They were small. This was early days for them. And they saw potential in it, you know, rightly so. And according um, to him, he thought it was a lot of money at the time. Yeah, he he said it was a big bag of money, I think, I think he said, wasn't it? Um, I believe it's quite small. It's the tens of thousands of dollars amount. Like it was, it was big for him at the time. I'd imagine, yeah. you know, struggling, you know, author that basically only ever had his stuff published in Polish. Uh, it hadn't been published in English at that point. That only happened after the success of the video games. Um, so, you know, he has profited. He's sold a lot more copies of his books than he would have done without the video games. Um, so, you know, I don't think it deserves it. At the end of the day, the deal was there. What do you guys think? It's a little bit like, because another famous instance of someone probably not taking the money they could or should have done from a project uh, was Alec Guinness in the Star Wars films. Yeah. Because he said, just pay me a percentage of whatever it makes. You know, he, he did it because he thought it was a good idea, but he didn't think it was going to go anywhere. Uh, now, if he turned around now, I mean, if he turned around now, then there'd be, you know, ghosty ghouls issues to deal with. But if he turned around now and, and said to George Lucas, you know, actually, you've made a lot of money off that. Can I have more of it? Um, because I feel you owe it me. Um, I think public opinion would be unusually massively pro George Lucas at that point, because you've signed a contract. The contract is done. Um, and he sold the rights as far as I'm concerned. I, I, I mean, I haven't read the full legalese about it. Um, but he this this would never have come up in america or, no. or for that point the uk i don't think um we don't have those but the only reason that he's attempting this is that there is there are those protections in postal which i'm not going to pretend to know a huge amount about but clearly his lawyer has said there is precedence yeah. you could be owed money for this first of all we will like send them this letter and so, you know do it like that and then we could take yeah. it further so clearly there is there is a potential here to for him to to get this cash but I, I don't know i don't i don't think anybody thinks he should get it you know at this point but like i said he's done a lot of money out of those books yes like a lot of money because of the video game so you know he should kind of just be thankful for that shouldn't he i mean yeah i don't know i mean 
Yeah. Even if he thought he had a case, you know, if he thought that he deserves a share of that money, maybe he does. I don't know. But I wouldn't be taking legal action for that. I'd be saying, you know, guys, you've made billions and billions of dollars. Chuck me a few. And if they're nice about it, maybe they would have done. I can't see they'd be particularly um, tempted to now. He's just such a dick. That's it's, it's, yeah. he, he just, from what I get the impression, he would never approach it from that point of view. He hasn't really kept an ongoing relationship with them, from what yeah. I can tell. Whenever, and he's never interested in the interviews about it because he doesn't like talking about the game because it's not his shit. Yeah. You know, so he's not he's not like ever wanted to be connected with it. So kind of like fuck that guy. Let's move on. Let's move yeah. on. I mean, I don't have a lot of details on this one either, but there are rumors and reports that we're going to get a new iteration of the Nintendo Switch next year. Richard, mm. I go to you on this one. What do you think about this? How would you feel about this? It seems kind of inevitable to a degree, but like, what would you want to see in a version two of the Switch? Uh, that's tough because when Nintendo do remodels of their handheld systems, it doesn't usually come with this, the sort of baggage that the Switch would do. So we've got all those accessories now. We've got um, Labo that's designed for the form factor of the current Switch. We've got the um, controllers, which have to fit the existing Switch and presumably will need to fit the new version. If it has the same form factor, what's different about it? Better screen, uh, more built-in memory, better battery. I can't see there being a significant change if they do change it. Proper cloud saving? <laughs> uh, well, that technically is there, and that's not a hardware issue, is it? No, so no, true. They could enable cloud saving for all of the games if they wanted to. Um, I am using the cloud save now because I've subscribed to Nintendo Online more formally. Do you want to talk about that a little bit now? Uh, I can do, yeah. I mean, there's there's not very much to talk about other than I have successfully backed up probably 80% of my save games. The others, This is good. This is good. The others, it won't let me do that because they're... They're, they're paranoid about me, I don't know, hacking my Splatoon 2 save and exploiting it somehow. So that's just, it's, prefer, it's preferable to them that I lose all of it if if that time comes. So that's frustrating that um, having forked out, it still isn't doing what I want it to do, really, which is all, it's kind of a protection racket anyway. So you'd expect it to, you know, so properly what, you've protect put, everything. You've not put hundreds of hours into The Legend of Zelda. Well, that's Super Mario Brothers 3. What's going on, Rich? What are you talking about? I don't understand. <laughs> I'm I'm glad that I've backed up my Zelda save because that is like cool. 250 cool. hours. Cool. But um, no, no, legit. I can understand that. I mean, you don't want to lose that, do you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, no. Um, and the fact that you couldn't just do like what you could on the uh, the DSs and stuff, where you just pop memory card out into your computer and just literally yeah, copy yeah. and paste and back it up that way. Really simple. Uh, yeah, exactly. All of it's been locked down. Yeah, so you can't, you can't do any of that. Um, but yeah, it's frust it's frustrating in a way because this this service, you'd imagine when they start charging for it, that, that, that there might be some feature or addition that makes it worth the money. Yeah, it's interesting. Can't the, the, say the, there is really. So um, what you just said, like, so better battery, bigger internal storage. Yeah. Nice yeah. screen. But if you start changing the form factor in any way, all of the accessories, all those third party cases, everything become redundant and it's just yeah. oh that would be harsh to do the consumer but the nintendo doc, doc, doc nintendo doc. like to fuck the consumer pretty hard mm -hmm. let's be honest uh richard who's bought his pointless nes attached controllers 
for the Switch. You, you actually bought those. I have pre-ordered them. Um, it's a special deal, Ben, because you only you're only, allowed to, <laughs> you're only allowed to buy them if you subscribe to to Nintendo Now. So not Nintendo Now, Nintendo Online. So you know, you, you, you're I'm not lucky. even. To, but you can only use them to play the NES games, which you just completely <laughs> brushed off. When I, when yeah. I prompted you to talk about it, you acted like you hadn't even looked at them. So... I've, kind of, I've kind of looked at them. It's just the novelty, isn't it? No it's one's going to really... £70! What? <laughs> £70 of novelty. No, they're only 50 Oh, right, okay. It's only 50 quid. So that's I 25 mean... quid for one NES controller. It's, it's not like I bought this novelty controller exactly. for have £70 that I have never used to play a game with. <laughs> it's not like I did that. I wouldn't have done that. That wasn't me. So I mean, like you know, I can't. I, you know, I shouldn't throw the shouldn't throw stones in the in no, glass I, houses, really, should I? <laughs> so fair enough, dear. You love you. I, I, I rationalised it to myself. It does make sense in a way. You've got a NES Mini, right? Yes. No, a SNES Mini, not a NES Mini. Did you not buy a NES? Oh, okay. No, well, I didn't get the NES. A NES you Mini is, is is more expensive than those controllers. Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have a rolling catalogue of games. So I feel I have, like it's I not have, that bad a deal. I do have the PlayStation Classic pre-ordered as well. So, mm. yeah, so you know, pointless. Look at you, pointless kids, with your disposable yeah. incomes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a horrible... Look, honestly, Chris, it's just a horrible addiction problem. <laughs> no different if it was crack or... To be honest, it would be more socially acceptable if it was crack, at least where I live, so... Um, like, yeah, yeah, just yeah, it's, 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 it's an issue. Um, let's My move on. Brings that up scarily frequently, actually, when I what? spend money on games. What, your crack addiction, so. <laughs> you've got to choose one, Richard, crack <laughs> or games. She'll frequently say, Well, if I buy something, she'll, she's like, Well, at least you're not on drugs, as if it's somehow similar, <laughs> but not quite as bad. <laughs> <laughs> I should use that one with the wife when she's like, you spent how much on the special edition of Assassin's Creed Odyssey? I'm like, well, I'm not buying a, lot, a bag of Coke. <laughs> I mean, you know, come on, it's all relative. I'm like, you know, just just remember that, not cocaine. Um, <laughs> so, uh, right, Switch might be happening, moving on. We had a really early accidental leak of November's PlayStation Plus games, um, which for the PS4 version, we've got Bulletstorm and Yakuza Kib... Kiwami, Kiwami. Um, Bullet Storm's a lot of fun. I've I've got the full clip edition on Xbox One. Well worth checking out again on Plus. And the Yakuza games. I've had Yakuza Zero on my hard drive on my PS4 since it came out, and I've yet to play it. So hard to um, believe. <laughs> me buy a game and never play it. Shock. <laughs> I know. Um, but uh, I keep meaning to. So that's. Oh, that's, that's okay then. That's all right then. <laughs> you can't talk. Your backlog's just as bad as mine, Richard. Jesus. I'm cracking through mine. You see my gamer score recently? I'm I'm doing better than you. I think I'm keeping oh, up. Fair enough. Fair enough. Better than me. Well, you you actually use your Game Pass subscription. The only time yeah. I ever get a Game Pass subscription is when it's on sale, which is pretty much every month. So um, <laughs> I'll be I'll be re-upping that way. Anyway, um, are those good? To be, are we excited about that? Does anybody care? If not, we'll move on. I don't I care don't about Bulletstorm so much because I've done it. But um, Yakuza, yeah, I quite fancy trying. Give, give Yakuza a go for free. It's pretty cool. Yeah, there's what well, there's millions of them, isn't there? I don't know if this is a good way in or not. Where is this in the series of 
seven or eight games. I don't know. Is it a recent one? This is the first one. This is a remake of Yakuza 1. Oh, okay, perfect. So it's a good entry to the series then. I yeah, guess. so zero and then one would be a good way of doing it, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you haven't played zero. Zero is meant to be fucking incredible, is what everybody tells me. Um, so I do need to get around to that. But yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and then the final story I wanted to use as a segue into the first game I'm going to talk about in my little the review segment, which was, it's interesting because, uh, not, you know, the game sports games, so the FIFAs and the NHLs and the Maddens and all of those, they always have different cover styles, right, every year. However, FIFA has now had uh, Mr. Ronaldo uh, on the cover for two years in a row because he's kind of like the epitome of the modern footballer uh, in EA's eyes. He's this he's this multifaceted, incredibly talented striker, um, amazing volley abilities and all this kind of thing. Does lay overhead bicycle kick like fucking Pele almost. Um, but but yeah, he's he's had somebody accuse him of rape and uh, EA's kind of like, mm, we can see what happens, but we might pretend he no longer exists. Which is fair enough, I think. Mm. I mean, Did you guys look at their story, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes me slightly uncomfortable that he's getting a harder time than um, Brett Kavanaugh in yeah. the states. But um, yeah, fair if he did it. What, what I mean, else are they going to do? I I think whether whether he did it or not, I think a this is this is it's going to tarnish his reputation regardless. But if he did do it, obviously that's going to do more than tarnish his reputation. It's going to ruin him. But he hasn't helped himself by calling it fake, fake news. news. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's not the best response to give. But he's also not English, so no. He, bear in mind that he's 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 probably you know translating it. Thought of this idiom. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, the problem when you I'm, say I'm fake glad news, you added context to that comment. Yeah, <laughs> but the problem is when you say fake news, you think Donald Trump, and when Donald Trump says fake news, he's just lying. Yeah. So it's kind um, of difficult. Yeah, it's not great, is it, to say that? Not the best that response thing. Um, yeah. It's it's uh, you got there's so many ways you can look at this. Uh, there's no smoke without fire. Um, mm -hmm. He shouldn't be proven guilty until you know he's proven yeah. guilty. Yeah. Um, the problem is when when allegations are made like this now public opinion will turn against you regardless of of the what really happened you know um is it a spurious accusation all i can say is as a footballer goes and as someone who's kind of into football a little bit yeah. he's pretty squeaky clean he's been yeah. he's been a real role model at the top of the sport for a while now and he's never really had any big allegations against him like this a lot you know you know the types of footballer you've you know that do have these issues um that have come up and they're, and they're shit they're thick right most footballers so they're terrible at hiding the fact that they're a scumbag or that they're sexually abusive or that yes. they beat their wives and they all get found out and they all get caught for multiple reasons because they're thick and because the press go after them right yep. so you've got to remember that this guy has been in the public eye for a really long time and anybody that wanted to get dirt on him has tried for a really long time so you know the the I'm not trying to defend it because it could be true. But at the same time, try and bear in mind that it could be bullshit. Yeah. You know? And obviously, if it's true, he deserves to be fucking tarred and feathered yeah. and destroyed. But mm, he, it's he so tricky. He said more than fake news, to be fair to him. He's no, he has, more. yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's filled in the blanks a bit more than that. He just, he like... just flounced out and went, fake news! <laughs> and that was <laughs> it. That was it, no. More my, than that, yeah. my clear conscience will allow me to await with tranquility the results of any investigation. Tranquility. That's again that's not cool. English speaker naturally. <laughs> I mean, you know, just no. But for someone mind. who doesn't, for someone who isn't an English speaker, uh, if he if he said that in English, not in his um, not in his mother tongue, um, yeah. and via translation, but 
whichever way he said it, that is a beautiful way of putting I didn't do it on the internet. Yeah. You see, the, the, bear in mind that if it was an English fo footballer accused of this, right, that he'd basically point at the picture of the woman and go, fuck no, mate, I wouldn't bang that bitch, she's well ugly. That, that would be <laughs> the defence that you'd get from a British footballer. So, you know, yeah. bear in mind that, you know, he's got a bit more class, a little bit more... Yeah. A little bit more... Uh, a bit bearing, you know. Um, so look, he's a talented guy, and off the back of that, I want to briefly talk about FIFA because I need to have a break. I'm getting pretty knackered. I want some of you guys to chat in a second. Um, but yeah, I'm. Uh, I want to talk about FIFA 19. We're going to talk about some actual games now. Yeah, yeah talk about some actual games. Wow. Well, this is all the new, the huge amounts of you know cool news we just talked about and important yeah. news, you know. But we're going to talk about some games now, Richard, as well. What we've been playing and reviewing and stuff for the site. Uh, FIFA 19, guys. It's uh, another FIFA. Much like when I mentioned NBA Live last time, it's another NBA Live yeah. basketball game. However, you know, I actually gave FIFA 19 four stars. Mm. I didn't give it three stars because I think it's a really good FIFA game. It's a really good example of this franchise. It's um, more accessible than the previous installments have been on the on the current generation of hardware. Uh, the onboarding is fantastic. The way it brings new players into things like the ultimate team modes is uh, not overbearing, not too slow, but at the same time, I actually felt like I understood what the fuck ultimate team was for the first time ever, um, which was actually really good fun. And I could see myself spending some real time in that mode. Um, I also enjoyed, weirdly enjoyed how they've now put cutscenes, interactive cutscenes in for negotiating contracts with new footballers joining your club, which is a strange thing to enjoy, but it also feels like it brings a level of realism to the actual management of your club in that mode. Um, and you get to properly like hash out deals with the different players who've got their representatives with them and stuff like that. That was really cool. And then the game of football itself feels... Um, arcadey and fun and accessible and you know it, it really conveys what the modern sport is about showing off moves and trick shots and doing like crazy awesome shots into the top corner of the net you know the fast break nature of the new of the game at the moment uh, and I had a great fun playing as Manchester United using my huge transfer budget to buy every England player from the starting 11 at the World Cup and I was like I'm just gonna have the England team because they did really well and I have a lot of respect for them. Mm -hmm. um so yeah i've been able to create my fantasy team that way i'm enjoying ultimate team it's a really good game of football like it's made some really good changes i can't speak to the minutiae i'm not even going to try to do that all i'm going to tell you is i had fun i am not a fifa expert i am not a football expert so i can't talk about how the tweaks on the, the this control method or this shot clock timer and this button that does this if you hold it or double tap it twice and things like that i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna touch that shit all i'm gonna tell you is i had a good time i think it's the best example on the current generation of hardware of the fifa franchise which i've played all of them to date so far on the xbox one go out and buy it if you want to if you're into football this is the game in it really it's the only game in town so like it's a good one of those any any thoughts or questions on fifa no cool mm, no <laughs> No, I've not played FIFA um, for a long time. I think the last one I bought was FIFA 14, which I bought on the proviso that you would play with me, and then you never <laughs> did. Sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I thought, never thought I'd bring that up five years on. I would say, if you want to try it, Rich, it's one of the ways I've been trying a bunch of the sports games this year, is um, EA Access. Really okay. good. We get a 10-hour free trial for all the games, basically, don't you? Uh, which gives yeah. you achievements and everything, and then progress carries over, and it's like two ninety nine for a month or less than twenty quid for a year of EA access. I've, I've had an EA access sub since it started. I think it's a really good value way of picking up a lot, like all the EA games. 
Okay. Um, really, so really good in the game. A subscription, you'll play with me, will you? Uh, only if I can beat you. <laughs> Which <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure I will. To be fair, you probably. Will. I know I'm going to be better than you. That's fine. Yeah. We'll do. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, yeah, I'll give. I, I will. I will play with you. Why don't I might you beat us... you at NHL? Yeah, I was going to say. Why don't you tell us about you know football on ice, which is what yeah. NHL is. Oh, it's better than football, mate. NHL. Uh, is it? Is it? Is yeah. it? Go on. Tell me video gamey. I've, I've reviewed a couple of these now. I think the last one was a couple of years back, so I've had a bit of a break. But NHL 19, um, I, I really like it. I, I used to love speedball back in the day. The old Bitmap Brothers um, fantasy violent sport classic from the 90s. And ice hockey strikes me as quite similar to that. Or I guess that was similar to ice hockey, I guess. Um, that was around before speedball. But um, yeah, NHL 19 is another good one of those. Better than the last one I played, actually, because it's really accessible. You talked about the onboarding in FIFA. Mm-hmm. Um, this does a really great job of it as well. I mean, there's the the usual sort of tutorial stuff that you expect, but they do a, a good job of that. There's not too much to get through before you can play a proper game, but it does go through all of the basics and a bit beyond that as well, if you want it in the tutorial and it's, it's painless. Um, and you know, it, it does just enough to tantalize you into thinking, Oh, you can do that as well. Can you? And it's, it's clear from the outset that there's quite a lot of finesse and nuance in the control system that you don't have to use, but it's there if you want to. Um, one of the best things that it does for onboarding is broadens the scope of the game beyond professional ice hockey into um, sort of um, amateur ice hockey games as well. So you can set up your own character who's fresh on the ice, wearing um, you know regular casual clothes, um, hoodie, jeans, whatever, and just go and play with a bunch of mates. And it doesn't even have to be a proper game of ice hockey. You can just have a knockabout with people online, just playing on your like on your own against two other individuals, just trying to knock pucks past a goalkeeper, you know. So mm. it's really good for a knockabout to get you uh, familiar with how the game works and just understand the controls before you get bogged down with the minutiae of how. A proper hockey game works and all the rules involved with that because um, you know I'm, I'm no expert on that at all but even that side of it is not too hard to pick up but it's it's nice that it gives you a really easy route in and once you're hooked in the game itself is really good fun and there's there's a load of content there for you to sink your teeth into so um, even beyond the beginners um, for long-term players there's a lot here to draw people in so there's classic um old school players from real life like wayne gretzky and uh mario lemo the There's only man the... i'd have sex with <laughs> i don't think that's in the game i'm afraid ah, that's disappointing. <laughs> that is disappointing i'm sad about that <laughs> uh, but yeah there's, there's a load of content there for um newcomers and veterans alike it looks fantastic as well there were, there were parts in the tutorial where i i couldn't quite tell whether it was in-game sort of pre-canned stuff, like showing me what I was going to d- be doing in the next couple of minutes, or whether it was like, you know, live, it, it could have been live video or it could have been something from in-engine. I couldn't really tell. 
So that gives you some, some indication of um, you know how good this game looks. Um, probably in game when you're controlling it, obviously you you can see, but yeah, it does catch you out a couple of times. So yeah, I think production values, accessibility, and longevity. There's loads in there. I just wanted to say you you're mentioning you're kind of like um, ice, you know, just on the lake mode. There's something yeah. like that in FIFA as well, where you can turn off all the rules and like just play like foully fucking sly tackle fest. Oh, really? Mates kind of just like, you know, when you were a kid, when you were playing football games, where you're just yeah. fucking smashing people around and stuff. You can do all that as well. Um, yeah, so you can, you can, tw- so it sounds to me like EA in general has had a thought thinking about how to, can we just make these games fun? You know, they I don't mean, have to always be super serious sims. I don't want to. I don't want to undermine because, from what you've said, they do sound like two great games. But the FIFA stuff where you could play without the rules—that was in FIFA '98. Yes, um, but it, but as you, as in I mean, it's, it's good that they're bringing it back. It's good that they're bringing it. You back. know, analyze franchises do this though every time. They'll take stuff out and they'll put it back two years later, and then they'll take it yeah. out and they'll put it back three years later. You know, it's the way they keep it feeling fresh. Yeah, yeah. So, so. it's cool. It's cool that EA is no, yeah. back to that. Then going back to that. Uh, well, as you're being a bossy uh, contrarian, creating us, Chris, uh, acting to you, tell us <laughs> about Cthulhu Tactics, which, by the way, I can't decide if it's the worst title for a game ever or the best. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I suspect, I don't know for a fact, but I suspect me and you are going to disagree about this game as well. Um, okay, okay, okay. Um, I mean, are you, a, are you an XCOM guy or not an XCOM guy? I do like XCOM. I do enjoy XCOM. Okay, yeah. Um, and since that fabled comment on Joel's uh, train sim review, I shall start with a positive. Um, <laughs> right. If it was just an XCOM game, if it was just an, a, a game based around that, if it was just a, a, a tactical combat game, it's a very solid game. The combat I like... Um, uh, there's a few problems with the AI. I think the AI is a bit thick occasionally. Um, and I think um, bullets... The, I don't know, because you said you've played about an hour of it as well. So, uh, um, 15, 20 minutes. Okay, like, cool. So you've played, what, the first, the tutorial yeah, mission, maybe the first? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's just because I'm getting deeper into the game or whether it's a problem with my setup. I doubt it. Um, but um, there are just moments where the game lags a little bit behind its own action in that you'll hear the bullet go and then the screen is stopped for about four, five to ten seconds um, on occasion. Not that's not every time. That's 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 a that's the worst one. But it usually stops. It, it can poor, stop for about poor optimization. Have you tried yes. lowering your settings just to see if it's? I will double. Che- I will double check that. I will yeah. double check that. Um, but yeah, no. As a as a combat tactics game, it's good. My yeah, problem. That's all I know about it so far. That's yeah. the bit I liked. Yeah. My problem with it is that they've linked it to the Call of Cthulhu tabletop game and have barely made it doesn't feel like the tabletop game at all and i know it's a computer game i know you're not going to get a perfect transition and obviously it's it's a particular type of computer game as well um but the the thing about the call of cthulhu games is they're very uh, they're very character driven like yeah, most like tabletop games yeah um they're very character driven they are all about characters backstory the story itself um, and the way you can interact with with stuff. And for me, I've played, what, about four or five hours of it so far? It's, ju- it's just not there. It's d- that side of things is just are not you, there. 
is it and is this a proper licensed connection to that yes it right. is yes yeah. because there is actually an acton cthulhu tabletop game based on the call of cthulhu rule set so they've just linked up with um with the developers of that and like i said if you know there's nothing wrong with doing a tactics game i just think linking it with cthulhu is the wrong ip to go with because they've missed an awful lot of tricks um uh, when you talk about Cthulhu, uh, you want darkness, you want insanity, you want fear, and I have felt none of those. Um, that there is there is no little to no characterization whatsoever. Only one person in the entire game says more than about three words at a time, and that is the the very British narrator yeah. narrator guy. Um, the characters you've got, you can't create your own character, which not a deal breaker for a role playing game, but you kind of maybe that maybe that's just me. I've come to expect it, but there's nothing wrong with that. You can you can still get into a story um, with pre with preset characters. I want to ask a question. Um, yes. Have you played Actung the, the, this actual tabletop? I've pl I haven't played Actung, uh, but I have played the so Call of Cthulhu tabletop game. So I've played some of the, and I know a bit about the Call of Cthulhu tabletop game. The question is that that may not be what they're adapting. If they're adapting the the strategy heavy Actung game. For all you know, no, then all those true. elements are missing from that. This so all I'd say true. is bear that. Do some research. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I have. When I looked for, because I looked <laughs> yeah. for the Actung, I looked for an Actung Cthulhu character sheet on the basis that it was um, a very different rule set. Um, the only thing that came up for me was the Call of Cthulhu character sheet, which leads me to believe that it's based on that set of rules. But again, I haven't done a full set of research on that so okay. no i'm curious yeah it's, it's difficult i didn't realize you you know I've, I've sent it i think i've sent it to the right person in that case to review which is great yeah. but i didn't realize you had such a connection to it but um it's difficult because you have to also ask yourself don't you when they're making this game are they ma they're not necessarily making the game for people who have played the physical no, version um, so it's it's tricky um i haven't and i i've i love cthulhu mythos i'm a big fan yeah. myself yeah. And I find, and I'm curious, I want to delve deeper myself and I want to see how much he gets into that. Yeah. I did think it was a slightly odd way of approaching the Cthulhu mythos for the same reasons you said, um, but I, it, it intrigues me. And you're obviously further than yeah. me. Um, I mean, don't so. get me wrong. It is not a bad game. Um, mm. I don't think it's awful. I think it, it will it will have its market. Um, and I think it, it, what it does, it does pretty well, solidly. It's not, not game-changing, not mold-breaking, but it's solid and it deserves to be deserves to be mentioned for that i just think given that the given all the mythos they've got with cthulhu they've they they've just not used it for me um and i think i just the thing is xcom is not a character driven it's not well it's it's not a character based game in that sort of sense but the characters in xcom have far more depth to them than the characters in Act on Call of Cthulhu, which is based on a tabletop RPG. It does it does the interesting thing, doesn't it, in XCOM, where you're creating characters, but 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 due to what you go through with them, yeah, they actually end up having more kind of yeah. pathos or connection than if they had been pre-created characters. Yeah. yeah. Um so it's an interesting sort of psychological thing. I'm curious to see about your review, mate, when that comes up, comes upon us. Yeah, uh, should, hopefully be should hopefully be tomorrow night. Oh, no worries. Looking forward to it. Quickly touch upon I I I made an I made a mistake here. I'm a big fan of Victor Vran, um, the isometric action RPG, and it's actually I think free at the moment on Xbox Live. It's Games with Gold, well worth checking out. But I missed its release on Switch entirely, um, so I reached out at the start of this week to the guys behind it. I was like, look, I know it's been the best part of two months, but I'd like to draw people's attention to the Switch port you've done of this because it's a really fucking good game, and and it's still good fun on the Switch. 
Um, the Switch version has uh, a few performance issues, but it's still fun and it doesn't really hold back the experience. I've got a review for it on the site uh, and I've already done the review for the Xbox One version as well. That's also on the site. But yeah, if you're in the mood for an isometric RPG to tide you over until the Diablo 3 port comes out on Switch, well worth checking out. Well worth checking out. It's got an awesome Iron Maiden campaign, like a fully licensed Iron Maiden campaign, which is so cool with their music and Lemmy and fucking just na- mad, mad shit, like set in the Iron Maiden universe, which is unlike anything I've ever played before in an action RPG. And it's frankly worth playing just for that. Nice. So really, really cool. Um, Chris, I wanted you to talk a bit about Between the Stars because these these nice people have about 10 days left on their Kickstarter and yes. I don't think they're going to make it. No, so, and unfortunately, try and help out. unfortunately uh, I, I would love to help them, but unfortunately finances don't allow. But Between the Stars is an absolutely beautiful looking game um both graphically and design wise uh if you haven't seen the review please do check it out on the bxb channel on this very channel you're watching us on now um but basically it is a it's a it's an ind- independent space based roguelike simulator uh, where you get to take on your uh, take on the role of a captain of a ship at the moment they have a demo up on steam which i'd strongly recommend you play and when you play it i would really recommend that if you can afford to you support their kickstarter because they really 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 deserve to get this game made um it's not perfect yet um but i think there's so much potential in this game because it's well it's 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 a roguelike um the demo doesn't show too much of the roguelike side off simply because it's a story to it's it's the prologue it's a story to get you into the game and into the universe that they're creating um but i think it's i i, I just it's it's nice it there's not many bad things about it there's i mean there's like i said there's still stuff that needs um um I uh I I've played a bit of that um but um, but but um but yeah so uh, no um I'm trying to think back to it now it's been so long since I touched it because I finished it um but yeah it's it, it's good it's worth a look I would <laughs> that is that is the overarching theme of of what I'm saying you're still muted I think <laughs> I am. Thank you. Uh, what's still muted? So there's a free demo out there right now on yes. Steam, and you know that doesn't hurt to check that out. It is a lovely looking game, and mm. honestly, watching your coverage of it, um, you know, it definitely makes me want to go and back that Kickstarter as well. And I might well do that. They've got about ten days left on their on the project. Um, it's not like we normally do this. We don't normally play no. games during Kickstarter, and then you know, it feels a bit like you're shilling to promote. But I think we'd only do it if we genuinely like the experience and Chris yeah. it seemed that you really did no, this really game, like it this, and want to see more as we've discussed one, as we discussed on I think it was the last week's podcast uh, as a big Babylon 5 fan um, as a big sci-fi fan the idea of having my own spaceship and flying around in space is great um, but as a big Babylon 5 fan I like the idea of having a big ship and a crew to command um, yeah uh, you know obviously perhaps not a space station I, I, I would I would love it if they brought out a space station um based uh space game that would be amazing um but um but yeah so i think given the because there's two ships you can fly in the in the demo at the moment but i i looking at the the kickstarter and their website it looks like they want to put in a whole load more Mm. um because i think the idea is you just play through the play through the stars that you've that you start the game with and once you die you just go back 
and start again. The idea is that there's this long-running conflict, I think, that's going to be the, the backdrop to the game. And when one captain dies, you can then um, pick up uh, pretty much from the same point in the conflict. I think that was the understanding I got from it. So everything your previous captain has done has been done, but then you pick up um, after they've... Where where killed. where was the studio based? I'm trying to remember. Oh, oh, okay. oh I will have my notes. That's all right. Don't worry too much. I was just curious. I was just curious because a lot of these interesting games that are on Kickstarter often come from somewhere like Eastern Europe and, and places like that. So yeah. I, I don't think I've ever noticed down where they were actually from. They're isol- it's isolated games, the developer. Is it? What did you say? Spanish. 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 Espanole. They're in Barcelona. Get out your Kickstarter page now. Get your maracas out, everyone. How far are they away from their um, from their title? They are currently sixteen thousand nine hundred and forty-four pounds pledged against twenty-six thousand. They're not oh. asking for a lot, are they? But that's it's, no. it's it's a tricky it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. So fingers crossed. Uh, yeah. If anyone's got a landline around, uh, it's a game that it's a game that deserves funding. It's a game that deserves funding. Okay, I'm going to touch on uh, a quick one here. Sort of a quick one. Fire Pro Wrestling World. Richard, have you ever heard of this game? As a wrestling person, Fire like Pro myself? Wrestling. Ah, that's a series of games. I think there's a bunch mm, of them. It's been around a long time. Yeah, yeah, it comes out of Japan. Yeah. Um. So it's kind of like a how would I describe this? It's not pixel art, but it's it's got a very unique, strange, isometric kind of perspective to it. Um. Unlike the the 2K wrestling games, the Ukes developed WWE games. This is kind of much more indie. And the big draw behind this on console it's been out on pc for a while but on console there is a story mode focused around new japan pro wrestling which i don't watch and <laughs> don't know anything about uh-huh. other than kenny omegas there and the young bucks and they're very good but uh, beyond that there you know that's the console thing beyond that it's got a very in-depth customization suite so you can create any kind of wrestler you want including wwe ones uh, so the draw of this is that you get on there, you get on there and you go, oh, I'm going to download all the WWE roster and I can play with them and I can play with all these crazy cartoon characters. And then, uh, you know, I can have these mad fights in these different types of stipulations and these really bonkers wrestling game. And it's like, cool, cool, cool. Oh, my God. It's the most confusing interface on the planet. I struggled for so long to work out how to just download custom characters. Oh, my God. So what it does it opens a web portal on the PS4, an actual in a web browser, which you then have to sign up for an account on the Fire Pro Wrestling website, which you can then sort of tick the wrestlers you want on there to download. But then they only download when you quit and reload the game. It is. It took me, I had Googling it and I had to do certain, none of it's explained in the game at all. And it was just like, what the f- what the fuck is this? This is so backwards. I've, ne- I've never, never experienced anything like that on a console game before. It was truly a mess. But mm. once it, I got it to work, it was still confusing because there's no <laughs> explanation as to how you actually play the game. There was no tutorial in any of the exhibition areas from what I can tell. The the controls are barely explained. Uh, you're basically told what each face button does in isolation, but they all do different things in combination. So it you're just button mashing in the hopes of working it out for every one of the different wrestlers that you downloaded, and they all play differently. They all have different moves. So it's 
it's kind of hardcore for what looks like would be a very accessible experience um especially from the visual style i'm gonna have to spend some more time with it to actually work out the nuances it because the fan base for it is pretty rabid they're, they're quite an extremely vocal you know group of people that are really into this game uh at the moment i'm struggling to see the appeal other than the fact that it's a nice alternative to what 2k puts out because it's so damn different um but yeah, okay cool <laughs> super weird game yeah. so i guess those guys don't need a tutorial why well, because they're so into it. Oh, you mean you mean the the fans who've been playing it yeah. since nineteen ninety whatever on the yeah. fucking PlayStation One. It's mostly been on PC, I think, Fire Pro. But no, I, I yeah, I'm, it's the first time I've ever touched this game, and uh, I just found it, uh, yeah, confusing, strange experience so far. But I'm going to try and stick with it a little bit longer. Um, and I'm going to quickly. I mean, why am I become the basketball fucking editor for being? <laughs> I am like five foot nine tall. I like I, I can't play basketball. I mean, I'm why am I why am I doing this? But I, for some reason, I also reviewed NBA 2K19 after doing NBA Live 19 a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's a better game of basketball than NBA Live. Um, the actual gameplay is it just plays better. It looks a bit less shiny, I guess. Like, mm. but the character models are still pretty good. Um, the story mode is hands down better than what you got in nba live like you've got loads of hollywood actors in this game like proper mocap like anthony mackie showing up and a bunch of others coming later into the story um and it's just more compelling and just better told um it's about a guy that failed in the draft that goes to china basically to play basketball to make a name for himself to get noticed again by the nba and then come back to the nba it's called the way back uh the story mode um and i actually yeah i actually enjoyed that it's it's got some nice emotional beats that show the levels of depression you are feeling as you live in China as this, my, in my case, like eight foot tall, giant white dude that basically is walking into everything and constantly hitting his head on everything. And it's just a miserable fucking existence. Um, so <laughs> it's just, he's just in this tiny little apartment, like burning his food at one point, just head in his hands go, why am I here? And it's just, it's just kind of gloriously melodramatic um and i quite enjoyed that i had a, i was feuding with like the hot basketball star on my team who's just like on fire and he's always great and he hates me and he hates my tall whiteness and it was all just so weird and sort of strange and funny and yeah that is this ginormous i was just ridiculously tall i made shaquille o'neal look small um but it's just like yeah yeah it's a better game basketball but that microtransaction thing i talked about on the last podcast is there it's egregious your player starts at such a low level that it strongly incentivizes you to spend real money to upgrade your character at every oh. opportunity possible um so it's kind of just like oh this is gross this is gross um because the presentation of everything else is so good and it's such a shame um but that's that's kind of what i want to say about that right now i i haven't played much more since review to be honest i might go back to it like i said it's it's a better playing game than nba live Excuse me, I'm going to need to cough. But Richard, while I do that, why don't you start us off on Forza Horizon 4? Wow, Forza Horizon 4. Um, it's bittersweet, this, because on the one hand, it's fantastic. Um, conversely, the first opening, the opening moments and the first achievement you get, it says, welcome to Britain, as if that's a contemporary notion. <laughs> 
Uh, what, so, you mean, what, what you mean, like welcoming people is an alien concept rather than just get is. the fuck out. I've seen pictures on um, Twitter knocking about today of the new signs they've put up in British airports saying, we inspect everybody in case you're not welcome here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. That's impressive. We, we, we check everybody. So people that are allowed in can come in, but people who we don't want in, we're going to check them. So, so beyond the miserable geopolitics, how are you finding the driving? Oh, sorry. Yeah, Forza Four. It's uh, <laughs> Forza Horizon Four is a really good drive. Oh my so god, it's, it's so good. It's it's beautiful to look at. Um, even better than the uh, the upscale job they did on Forza Horizon Three, which was fantastic in itself. Um, but this just looks incredible. Um, it's, it's the hard weather. To describe how good it looks. It just looks real most of the time. Like... There's some screenshots I've seen knocking around. I thought they were real, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it looks really, really good. Um, it does have a few. Have you had any sort of technical issues? I've had a few little glitches so kicking up. I've noticed the only time you have a frame drop, uh, mm. maybe a hitch, is connected to the um, trying to have problems with or having problems with the online connectivity. So it's when you're either dropping or reconnecting to um, the online. That's what will cause the hitches, from mm. what I can tell. Um, and that's some really weird stuff that that, there have been some frame rate stutters. I've had some sound issues where the same sound effect over and over. I've seen the road glitch out a couple of times, a couple of times. What what, into what? So it's invisible. Yeah, it's just invisible. (laughs) Okay. That's that is weird. I've not had that. I take it. You're playing on an X and your 4k TV like I am as well. Predominantly. Yeah. 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 So. That's that's worrying if it's just me, but yeah, uh, nice. when that doesn't happen, just... it looks fantastic. Oh. It's nice to drive around um, Edinburgh. It's cool, isn't it? And the north north of England. Mm. Obviously, it's not to scale, but it it's nice to see familiar road well, signs, it's and like, phone boxes, and post boxes. It's kind of like you're driving around Edinburgh, and then bits of Wales, and then bits of Cornwall. <laughs> Like it's it's kind of what it feels like, isn't it? You've got like the beachy yeah. bits that are very Cornwall esque, bolted on, and then the mountainous bits are very Wales, and mm. then the Edinburgh bits are all kind of like the heathland and the city, aren't they? Yeah. So, but then you've got in the middle, you've got like farmland, which feels a bit West Country and stuff like that as well. So yeah, yeah it's I I love it, mate. I I you know you can't have a one. It's not going to be a one to one representation of it. None of them are, but no. it's it's beautiful. I can't stress that enough. This game. I've just sat in a field, like looking at the sheep it and like look looking at the mountains. It's gorgeous. insane how good it looks. And it's a weird thing to keep harping on about. The driving has felt good in the Forza Horizon series since the first game. Like yeah. Forza driving is the best sort of weird hybrid of it can be as arcadey or simmy as you want it to be. And and it, you can literally put it anywhere in that spectrum. And it just feels incredible to drive. The 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 triggers on the Xbox One are great for that feeling they on the on the grip edge uh, as you're like drifting around a corner when you hit a curb and stuff like that um it's it's a glorious experience it's weird i i always make sure i set it to no damage on my car like because i don't want them even having the cosmetic damage because they're just so pretty to look at uh, and i just have a, a garage full of fantastic retro <laughs> fucking classic sports cars that's my shit and muscle american muscle and i just that's all i spend my money on how do you find the the cosmetics because i just basically try and make my character look as ridiculous as possible at all times and i love it 
They've added it's a few things. So yeah. you can now, you could choose your character before, I think, couldn't you? Yep, yep, yep. But now you can upgrade, you can um, sort of customise them. Yeah, play dress up, customise them with different clothes, so which you can buy or unlock with wheel spin, like um, fruit machine thingies. You know what I'm talking about, that fruit machine thing that they do. Yep. So you can you can the win spin. clothes as prizes alongside the money that you used to be able to win and still can, and cars. So there's there's loads of stuff to collect now, and it, it includes animations as well, doesn't it? So like when you're when you're <laughs> in a loading screen, or or when you win a win a race, <sighs> you'll see your character doing the animation that you've so chosen. My, so my I think one's called show off, and you have celebration, victory as well. And my yeah. show off one is I'm like doing the karate kid thing, you know. Oh, I've got the same one. It's so good. It's so good. And then I'm doing a stupid dance of some kind. Any dance that isn't a Fortnite dance. Uh, I might add is, is like my celebration dance because fuck the Fortnite dances. Um, but man, it's just I love it. It's so ridiculous, and it's such a joyful celebration of cars and yeah. car culture. And it's so dumb, and it's just so silly. And there were people moaning about, oh, when you, when the wheel spins, I just want cars and money. I don't want clothes and stuff. It's dumb. It's a waste. I'm like, just chill the fuck. This is such a stupid game. You get to like drive a fucking souped up. Porsche 911 across fields and upside down mountains to get skill points. Why yeah. can't I play dress up with my fucking avatar? That's just the. the do, you, do you want to know what my horn is? I have a legendary horn that plays the Killer Instinct theme tune. Oh, I've seen that's in there. I want that. It's good. It's oh, really mate. good. Yeah. Beyond the clothes, there's more stuff. You can buy houses now. Yep. I've got, I've got houses. fancy houses. I found I found this little. Um, I think it's called the Huntsman's Lodge or something. Yeah, this I know the hidden, one. Hidden hidden little house in a, in um, some wooded area. Mm -hmm. It's so weird. You just drive up to this house and um, you get the option to sort of have a look around. And um, it says there's an old woman who lives there that just fancies selling it. And you're like, all right, I'll buy your house. <laughs> what I like is it's like they're, they're very much aware that you're going to have a shit ton of credits in this game, basically all the time. Yeah. Uh, and that they're like, yeah, here's a 400,000 credit house. Well, you can actually buy Edinburgh Castle for 2 million. I, yeah. I intended to buy that. I had to save up, save up and get that, I think. Um, but it's just like, this is so fucking stupid. But it's such a gloriously dumb thing. Um, and it's great. Have you done any of the Forza Live stuff, the Forza-a-thon stuff? Yeah, that's great. That only uh, hour back to burnout paradise. Yeah. yeah, on the hour, every hour, there's yeah. an event that basically goes out to not just the, the the drivers on your server because it's more than that, and it's just like anybody. I don't know how they decided it. Up to about forty or fifty people can then join in that event, mm. and, and it's usually something stupid like you start off with a speed trap, then a drift zone, and then a jump trick trick, and you all have to work together to to beat that sort of total that they've decided you need for that event and yeah. it's and it's great and it and then there's the dude we haven't even talked about the seasons so it, mm. it is so there's spring summer autumn and winter all, all represented in the game and they actually change in a real-time weekly basis and each season gives you different events and the driving physics change and it's 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 so cool man the way the way yeah. that they're doing this game it's just like they thought of everything there's so much cool so stuff in there. You know, yeah. the um, in the last game, Forza Horizon 3 had the Warthog from Halo. Yeah. That's back, but they've done something special. With oh, it. I don't, don't, let's not spoil it, but that's. I'm not going to tell you, but you, yeah, oh, have you seen it. that? I've done it. Yeah, I've done all the showcases, and it's fantastic. Oh, amazing. It's fantastic. They change the skybox, they do everything, and it's, it's like a little slice of Halo in the middle of Forza Horizon, <laughs> and it's so good. 
It's so good. So oh, good. I just love it. Oh, man, we're going to talk about more about Forza. I tried to join you to play the other night, and you disconnected from the internet to kick me out of your game, which I thought was a bit... <laughs> I, I was didn't like, deliberately do that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He's like, oh, Ben Schwitz, fuck him, pull the cable. When was, was like, this? Right. Uh, last night. You were playing, uh... I joined your game, and then all of a sudden you disconnected and booted me out. And I was like, oh, bye then. Didn't even say hi. I didn't even a see you. A little bit hurtful. I uh, didn't I see you. Sorry, Ben. I think you got your version of the game through Game Pass. Yes. Yes. Uh, um, I, I bought the Ultimate Edition because I wanted to support them. I just wanted to. I love it. Like I know I love these games. So I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll put 80 quid down on that. Uh, I'm going to want the DLC. I know it's going to be good. It's always yeah. good what they put out. Um, 80 quid. I probably will end up buying it, you know, but I figure I'm paying for Game Pass. There must be so getting money an, out of it. There's an upgrade thing you can do. If you have the Game Pass option, you can pay, I think it's like 30 or 40. Yeah, yeah I saw that. All the DLC and all the stuff you get in the Ultimate Edition, Yeah. Um, which I think is a, an interesting idea. But, you know, you see, the problem is if you're going to end up spending more money on Game Pass, aren't you, than the cost of the game? So it's mm. kind of like, eh, if that's all you wanted it for. I find the idea of buying DLC for Game Pass games a bit mental. Because... Same. I'm I haven't sure done that yet. I would do it. I mean, yeah. it depends what it is. If it's something that you're going to rinse through and never go back to, then I guess it's all right. But, yeah, something like that. You're going to go back to Forza Horizon 4 for a long time. Mm. so if you're going to invest maybe buying it is the best thing to do what i'm going to do is just um, kick the ass out of it on game pass um when it does become cheap enough to get all the um dlc i'll just get it then i'm on i'm in no rush to buy it now don't need to it's not out yet is it no no absolutely uh it just just a heads up it looks like we're gonna run a bit long tonight because we've had so much good stuff to talk about and get into but uh i don't want to i don't want to wrap it yet i rich i really want to know I really want to know what you think about Dead Cells. Because oh, I gave so... Dead Cells a five out of five as the greatest, Ooh. one of the greatest Ooh. examples of that type of game available to buy right now. I absolutely adore Dead Cells. It's got that one more try feeling that I just kept on playing and going back to again and again and again. And it just feels so damn good to play. Richard, tell me I'm not wrong, please. Uh, I thought it was sucked balls. Oh, no. No, no it's good. No, it's good. <laughs> no, you told Swerve. me, you told me that mm. you didn't want to play Hollow Knight because yes. Dead Cells. Yeah. I kind of know what you mean. Yes. Yes. I, I will insist that anyone who's in two minds don't be just buy both. You need both <laughs> of these games. Don't be just spend twice the money. <laughs> no, just get Dead Cells. Come on, be honest, Rich. But you've got to choose. Choose Dead Cells. I don't know. It's a tough one. Um, Dead Cells is really good. So I had reservations about it because it's kind of like a a roguelike um metroidvania style game you start off with nothing you um it's it's a 2d platformer uh, sort of dungeon slasher thing like castlevania and you um kill enemies they drop what the equivalent of souls from dark souls so dead cells is obviously a play on the name and it has some of similar elements from the souls games so you can you pick up cells from dead enemies if you can get to the end of a level you can cash them in and buy permanent upgrades or unlockable weapons that may drop for you uh, next time around so the idea is 
Um, you're you're going to die a lot, but every few deaths, um, you're going to go back in with something a little bit more powerful. You're going to have a little bit more health. You're going to know how to deal with enemies a bit better than you did before. And like you say, it's just one of those one more try sort of yeah. games. You think, yeah, I can probably get a little bit further next time. And that is a real achievement for this sort of game. Yeah. I was really worried going in that because it's got procedurally generated levels, I would get so far, I'd fail and feel like I'd got nothing from that. But it does such a great job of building mechanics that are learnable and make sense that even when the live the level shifts around completely um you still feel like it's intuitive you don't feel lost at any point nope. and there's always a good route through the level it doesn't feel randomized it feels as if it is crafted um so it it's perfectly balanced it's always fresh because it changes around but it doesn't leave you feeling lost um there have been times when i felt that the difficulty has spiked a little but i don't know if it's that i don't know if it's particularly unfair because i'm making fairly consistent progress and the the level structure is such that you always feel that there is progress being made even though it's largely randomized so there is a structure to how the levels play out you'll always start in the same area you'll move into um You'll get to the end of the level and it'll, there'll be a doorway and that doorway will tell you which area you're moving into next. And that's going to be one of maybe two areas. So you get some sort of randomized choice as to which of those areas you can go into. Um, and after that second area, then there's a sort of boss battle and it always follows that structure. So you know that you've made definite progress on where you've been before and I'm 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 really getting addicted to trying to unlock extra health, extra different mm -hmm. types of weapons, figuring out what the best balance is between rushing through the first levels to get um to the end of um where I've got up to more quickly or is it worth just pacing myself and building myself up in the early levels? There's a lot of strategy to how you play it as well. Yep. And it's just there's there's such a lot in there for something that looks quite simple. It's um, I, I, it's a really rich experience. Everything you said is accurate. Um, and it, and one thing I wanted to add though, it has the best feeling combat of any one of these games, and that's what really, what I really enjoyed. How the combat is so immediate that it will cancel out of animations. Uh, if yeah. you want to do a roll, it will cancel out of, a, of an attack. If you want to do an attack, it will cancel out of a roll, etc., etc., etc. Same yeah. with the jumping, same with the dodging. You name it, and it just feels. Even midair, like you'll perfect. be mid midair through halfway through a fall, and you can just start slashing with the, yep. your your sword, and it just doesn't stop you doing anything. Nope. It's, it feels really you've, fluid. You've, all even right. even when you're getting beat and you're getting destroyed, you always feel like a badass, yeah. and it's got such an incredible visceral feedback loop to it. Um, it, it is just impeccable. Um, what did you get it on Xbox or Switch? Xbox. Yeah, I would like it on Switch, but it's got performance issues supposedly, and right. I think a game like that with with frame issues would be really upsetting. And yeah. I almost don't want to try it on the Switch because of that. Um, so I haven't tried it myself, so it, it might have been fixed now. I don't know, but yeah, I know. I know at launch it had issues. That's what people were reporting. But God damn it, uh, Chris! I think it's on PC as well, mate. So if you get the chance, if you have the funds, yeah, like, it's, it's on. Honestly, it's on Steam, yeah. 
I do. I do highly recommend it. It would be a good streaming one because mm. you could just throw yourself at that for like weeks of failure <laughs> before you get anywhere. Trust me. It's, that's it's, what, I, that's it's pretty much what I did with myself on Twitch anyway. I threw myself at it for weeks of failure and I keep going back to it. So <laughs> <laughs> The streamer's life. The streamer's life. Absolutely. By the way, if my internet goes a bit funny, if, if I'm currently downloading the demo of Forza Four, so oh okay, uh, <laughs> could have waited still. until we finished podcasting. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, that's no, fine. I've got I've no, got pretty good internet. I've got pretty good. Is, internet. I've downloaded... There's a demo on PC, is there? That's cool. Yes, well, you can also buy the full thing on PC, but unfortunately, yes. like, we don't we don't get the benefit of the Game Pass, so it's a it's a Play Anywhere title, yeah. So your Xbox version will go PC, and your PC version yeah. goes Xbox, yeah. So um, that's that's awesome. Um, I, I will throw to you actually, Chris, but uh, yes. and I'll kind of let you do this as a bit of a as a a group thing because it seems like you've played like a whole bunch of old sports games <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. all-star baseball 2004 the oh. best the single best baseball game that has ever been created for the ps2 bar none bar <laughs> I will none. take your word for that due to my knowledge of baseball games on any console being zero so well here's the thing as a um I'm a baseball fan. I really enjoy this sport. I didn't know about it until I played All-Star Baseball 2004. I played that because I watched a movie, a very old movie called Major League, starring um, Charlie Sheen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. I, I thought it was a good film. Not great, but a good, good, good fun flick. Um, Wesley Snipes before he got into trouble with the tax people. Not as um, good as Mighty Ducks. If we're no, no, movies. that's that's true. Or that's Cool true. Runnings. You know, there's some yeah, great sports I mean, movies. Okay, yeah, but this is. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Give me realistic things that <laughs> films could beat, um, and yeah. So I, I so I watched the film, thought, oh, I quite like, I quite like the story they told. So I thought, oh, let's see if I can play some baseball. Found this game, um, and it's just really good fun. The problem with baseball is, apart from things like out of the park baseball, and to a certain extent, um, uh, super mega baseball, extra all that sort of stuff, and extra innings and stuff like that. There's not a PC baseball game. There just uh, isn't. You have to have a console. And that's the one thing I truly miss about my PS3. I miss being able to play MLB The Show, um, which is another very good, very good baseball game. So I've fortunately I still have uh, uh, the the PS2 disc, and I have Charlie's PS2. So um, so do these do these baseball games somehow make baseball less internally dull? I'm just curious. I mean, <laughs> shots fired. I mean, um, well, it depends. It depends if you like baseball. I I. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying is that nobody outside of America likes baseball. And no, Japan, um, Japan likes baseball, don't they? Yeah, Japan, Cuba, Australia. Australia? Uh, yeah, Australia's quite big I thought on they baseball. were too busy playing Aussie League, Aussie rules football and uh, cricket. And they find the time I, for oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying it's one of the top four sports or anything, but yeah, Australia has quite a, quite a decent baseball league. Um, obviously, the but the Americas obviously sort of have the sort of... Um, all, the big, all the big teams over there, particularly in the US and Canada. Okay, um, so you but you also you also found some time for some football manager as well. Yeah, um, I, I've always enjoyed football manager. I've always enjoyed football manager um, because yeah. it's a game. Because it's not I'm, a game. It's not a game. It's a spreadsheet. What are you talking about? It's a very fine spreadsheet. <laughs> spreadsheets some people can, really enjoy spreadsheets. Yeah, spreadsheets can look gorgeous, um, and football manager happens to look. Like a gorgeous spreadsheet. I mean, particularly now they've actually got some 3D graphics in it. Again, I can't afford the modern version of many, many games. So, <laughs> does, does Football Manager still come out yearly? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Okay. And I'm not entirely sure why. 
because they don't ever really make massive improvements because the system itself the actual um the actual uh, algorithms and the programming and all that sort of stuff the game actually works really really well the only changes they make are tiny little things um uh, in terms of the way you can talk to your players um and it's sort of like what they do with FIFA. The, the, the transfer system gets a bit more in-depth and stuff, and occasionally they update the graphics. But I'll be honest, as long as you can see the match happening, the, as the manager, you don't necessarily need to see full 3D, 4K HD graphics. Um, but it's still nice to see to see the players on the pitch and stuff like that. Hmm. So, I mean, I, I was finding myself with FIFA, actually, getting more into the weeds. I was talked about the transfer market a little bit, yeah. which I was enjoying that. Uh, but I was also playing around with uh, formations, uh, playing around with much more with like um, the makeup of the team. I mean, obviously it doesn't go as deep as football manager does, but no. there is there. I, it's a strategy game. You know, when you're yeah. playing that side, and I like strategy games. I yeah. like 4X games. I like RTS games, you know, so I could totally see myself losing myself in the min-maxness <laughs> of Football Manager um, 100%. But that's one of the reasons why I've always avoided it. Yeah, because... I'm going to try and see if I can get my, my, my Steam stats upon this, how long I've played that sodding game. Oh, is it like um... that? Is it? It's like the... The, be afraid manager. of a thousand hours. Football manager. I don't know why I've put 2015. I don't own that one. It's 2016. But either way, okay. um, football manager 2016. I've only put in 265 hours. Um, but football manager 2012, 1,024 hours. I'm trying to think. I, if I'm talking playtime, the only games that would come near for that would me for me would be the Civ series. Like I, I suspect my yeah. Civ time is somewhere in the thousands across yeah. that franchise. So the closest um, game I've got to that, I think. Um, just let me double check. There's only once ever going to come close to it. Yeah, uh, is is Elder Scrolls Skyrim, in which I've played 632 hours of my paltry life. So that's that's 14 <laughs> different playthroughs that crash every time you get to a. Certain oh, point good lord! Yes, yes. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you, you stop playing with mods. Like, what are you doing to yourself? <laughs> no. <laughs> Enjoy so, so while you've been playing all these old football games, Richard's been yes. playing every Tomb Raider game. Yes, I spotted this. It's like Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider. <laughs> and then just at the end, Tomb Raider. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually play them in reverse order as well. I was going to say, you actually played them backwards as well. All right, okay. What are you doing? Well, Shadow of the Tomb Raider's just come out, and uh, it's really, really good, guys. So I, I, it's so good. A hundred percent of it, and then thought, "I'm not finished enjoying this. I need to play some more Tomb Raider." <laughs> so I went back to Rise of the Tomb Raider, hundred percented that, and then played the original, hundred percented that. I'm Holy all shit. over Tomb Raider this wow. past couple of weeks. This is all wow. in two weeks. Yeah. Well, on, on, full full disclosure, Rise of the Tomb Raider. I didn't start from scratch. I just ah, sort of finished okay. off my previous game, but the other two I did. So. That's a lot of Tomb Raider. But yeah, I should really just talk about Shadow as the new one. Mm. Um, they've added some bits. There's more proper swimming sections now, which weren't in the previous games, and they're really nice. Um, it's a lot bigger than the previous games, in just, just in terms of the areas that you can explore. From the reboot, um, the original Tomb Raider reboot, They've started bringing in these um, sort of central hubs and like little village areas into the series. And this has got the biggest of them so far. It's really, really impressive. I mean, if you put it up against something like Assassin's Creed, I suppose it starts to put it into context. Actually, there's 
there's not that much there in you know when you put it up to something like that trust for me a two... compared to assassin's creed odyssey it's probably like one island yeah i know yeah <laughs> but in the context of tomb raider in a sort of crafted single player adventure that's far far tighter directed than something like assassin's creed um it's really it's, it's pretty good so there's there's a lot in there for you to explore and that is kind of the point of tomb raider which they seem to have forgotten about with the reboot so that, that was there was a lot of combat in that not so much tomb raiding and having played through it again last week the uh, tomb stuff that you do get involved with is laughably minimal and there's virtually nothing there so you walk into a room and just do one puzzle and then you're done there's lots more involved in shadow of the tomb raider um and it's not so discreetly packaged either it's not like you walk into a bit and it's like all right this is the um puzzle section this is the indiana jones where there's um rope swing in and whatever is and then i'll move on to a combat section it's not like that it's all balanced out much more naturally and um, there's an organic flow to um, how you might be exploring um, a little village, talking to the people in it. Then you'll notice a crack in the wall and you'll see if you can get through it and see what's in there. Um, the, there's just exploration at every sort of turn, really. And it, it really it, it does a much better job of selling the character of Lara Croft as someone who's inquisitive and um, just wants to know what everything is about and get a nose in every little nook and cranny. There's loads to do everywhere you go. Trying um, so hard not to make jokes about Lara Croft and referring to uh, nooks and crannies <laughs> where I'm putting my nose, but I'm doing. I'm, yeah, I'm working but, hard here, working very hard. <laughs> keep it clean, but yeah, I mean, it, just, it just looks really good as well. I mean, you you've seen the previous games. This looks better than them. It's it's just top of the list. There's not much that looks better than Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and except Forza. Well, possibly Forza, but yeah, I mean, when you get to the end of the game and there's some just incredible HDR effects that will just blow you away. It's just fantastic. And um, yeah, inspired me to play the other two games. So, you know, I can't really sell it more convincingly than that. It made me want so much more than it even itself could offer. I had to play all of the other games in the series. Well, well, Squeenix want more too. Um, you know, this was meant to be the, what, the last one before... It connected to og tomb raider but yeah. Squeenix have like no we need we need more of this prequel stuff um so i think they're going to be doing at least one more it's going to be called stench of the tomb raider and it's just going to be about her how smelly she is after all her adventures um so you know mm. that that's going to be uh, really really exciting can't wait for that uh, I, I i workshopped that joke for like half an hour with a group D didn't land stench no. of the tomb raider no not. i don't know I, I i would never use the word stench Oh, a lady. Musk. Musk. <laughs> that's not. That's worse. Oh, I don't like Musk. That does no. No, I don't like that. No. Uh, maybe that's why we should do it. So before I talk about the the last big game, um, Chris, you've gone back to you gone back to Fallout Four because of your breaking Skyrim. Yes, that's what it is. And yes. this is you new game to break. Yes. So where um, are you at with Fallout Four? Uh, not particularly far. Um, I have. Uh, I started off because I I found a. I found another mod, and um, <laughs> just see. Um, 
But this is, but no, this is through the official Bethesda mod thing that you can get within Fallout Four, not the Creation Club, the other one. Yeah. Um, uh, and so it's all vetted and approved, and you know it's not going to steal my house or anything. So I um, don't know where I was going with that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Fallout Four, known for stealing houses. That's the second time in two days I've told a joke where at the start of the sentence I didn't get, to, I didn't know how I was going to get to the end, and when I got to the end, I just looked stupid. So hey, it worked um, better than Stench of the Tomb Raider. Well, yes, this is go with that. That's fine. <laughs> But yeah, so I, I found uh, on there, I found a mod that is basically like the Live Another Life mod you can get for Skyrim and the Elder Scrolls. And um, so you don't have to start stuck in um, Happy Town uh, or down in, like, or go through all the stuff you do in um, Happy Town. Whatever it was called, Sanctuary. <laughs> right, okay. Um, you, don't, you don't have to start in Sanctuary and do the whole. Um, Little story they give you there because the, mm. the the famous thing with Bethesda, Bethesda games is every time you start it up you've got to, you've got to do this opening fifteen minutes yes. section. Yeah. So the most important Bethesda save you ever make is the one just before you leave whatever opening dungeon they've given you because they give you that chance of Are you sure this is what you want to be? No. Um. So uh. So yeah. What the the way this one works is you do the bit of the mirror to create what you look like, and then it says, "Do you want to wake up or not?" Uh, and if you don't wake up, you carry on through through the the normal opening of the game. If you do wake up, you go into uh, you end up at the um, at the institute um, with the idea that you are possibly a synth, possibly not. Interesting. Um, that changes the framing of that game entirely. It does a little bit, yeah. Uh, wow. But it but it but it lets you choose where you start. And I chose to start as a child of the atom, so I started right up in the north northeast of the map and died about 15 times in the first hour because that's a part of the map you're not supposed to get to until about level 10 or 15. Yeah. So you're there at level 1 going, uh, I've got this gun. Um, but yeah, I managed, to, <laughs> managed, to, uh, managed to walk I've managed to walk into Boston. I'm now at um, uh, oh, Diamond City. Diamond so um, having, having already done the last voyage of the USS, whatever it was, the ship that's taken over by the... Um, by the androids. If you haven't found that mission, it's hilarious. I recommend it. <laughs> Is that one of the DLC ones? No, or... not well, not as far as I know. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's a that without, without spoilers, you'll wander through um, downtown Boston near the docks, and you'll find um, a large, old-style um, galleon ship, and it's being attacked. And you can choose your side in that, and certain things progress depending on which side you choose but it's a good mission it's a good mission and i think i'm now about level seven <laughs> well yeah getting up there then yeah well Let's when you're facing that enemies now. that are 10 levels higher than you <laughs> the experience Jeez. just rockets damn damn i nearly okay. started fallout 4 today i think wow. i might give that a crack wow. it's, yeah, game it's... Pass, isn't it? they've, they've put a thing out on um game pass to say you know, you know they do these um competition things challenge things yeah challenge yeah yeah so if you play like an hour of fallout 4 then you get something i don't know what the something is but yeah i might play fallout 4 yeah. dude it, i i enjoyed it's it i think it's got some issues like three is so close to perfection when it comes to that model that they created but mm. it's got a few problems like why did you decide to make it all about base building i mean uh, it's fine but you can kind of ignore a lot of that but um the, some of the dlc is really good i keep meaning go going back to it i put about 50 or 60 hours into it. I never finished it. Um, I never did like two bits of the DLC and never even started them. 
I had the season pass for it. And I, yeah, I keep meaning to go back. So maybe if we're all going to play Fallout 4, we could all play it and talk about it next time. That might yeah. be nice. We could yeah. deep dive into Fallout 4. Yeah, several can, years. Yeah, just as Fallout play. 76 is about to come out and nobody's interested because who wants to play a Fallout game? That's fucking multiplayer. With I know I don't want to. With but... gankers. <laughs> Just God, see, see that mod that someone made to show you what Fallout what Fallout seventy six is yeah. like. Just was it just hell? Yeah, it was just you just kept getting blown up. I love it. Yeah. It's brilliant. Great, bring <laughs> it on. Oh, so weird that game. Such a strange idea. Right yes. now, Luke has asked for this in the chat, and I was planning on it, but I wanted to leave it till last. Yeah, I've played about fifteen to twenty hours of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, which is like not even scratching the surface of this game. <laughs> it's so big. Um, I'm literally not going to have enough time to beat this game. There is no fucking way. It's probably like 100 hours plus, I would have thought, just to just to finish what's there. Uh, and there's DLC coming that I've already paid for. Because um, I do that. I don't know why I do that, but I do that. Um, so this, this game is all about Assassin's Creed set in ancient Greece. You're about 400 BCE. It's the middle of the Peloponnesian Wars, which is between Athens and Sparta for control of Greece. You play as Cassandra. I'm not even going to acknowledge the fact that you can play as a guy because he's nowhere near as cool as Cassandra. Cassandra is fucking amazing. She is this giant mercenary lady that shags and kills her way around Greece. She is that the uh, first female character they've done since no. Liberation. No, you Syndicate, Evie. So, oh, right. Never played Syndicate. Yeah. Syndicate's great, by the way. Syndicate's a really, really good game. I highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, Evie. And you no, know, Cassandra, though, she, it's a, this big changes here we have in Assassin's Creed is you can now proper role play this game. So there's dialogue choices, uh, which impact, you know, certain events and characters and stuff like that. Um, so you can play it in. If you're going to be me, I'm basically a cocky, badass, uh, sex obsessed mercenary. And it's awesome. And, and she's what are so. You playing Assassin's Creed? Um, sorry, what man? <laughs> What's your character in Assassin's Creed? Um, well, well, uh, thank you very much, Chris. I really appreciate that flattery. It will get you everywhere, sir. Um, and she's just, she's just fantastic. She's, she's so well written. You know, Bayak I liked from Origins, but he was such the good guy doing the right thing kind of cop character. He was a bit boring, to be honest. He was on the Connor scale, whereas Cassandra's much more on the Ezio scale of, of Assassin's Creed characters. So she's far more like self-assured and cocky and a bit arrogant and just super badass. And she's just she's just great. She's just so much fun to be and to play as. And, and the game is excellent. I'm really enjoying it. I like the changes they've made. It's not so much focused about being an assassin now. You're this mercenary. There's still plenty of that kind of crazy Assassin's Creed meta story in there, but the setting of ancient Greece is my, my jam. I've always found that really fascinating. Um, there's a lot of places I've, in this game. For example, you start on Kefalonia, where I've, I've been there physically. Uh, I visited there, and it's just like, that was weird, and it's like, wow, I know this Greek island, Ithaca as well, I've been to. Um, so there's connections to Odysseus, because of course, uh, Ithaca is famously where uh, Odysseus was um, the king of. Yep. And obviously, the game is based, you know, the name of the game is Odyssey, and it is this long and complicated and winding journey that takes you across Greece and the islands around it, and, you know, you're involved in this war, uh, and it's, yeah, and the, the war element is kind of cool, where you can destabilize a region and then help defend it or attack it for either Athens or Sparta. Uh, there is some great sort of melodramatic Greek family 
shit that you have to deal with who what, what happened between you and your father and your brother there's this cult of chronos which seems to be the early sort of templar bad guy stuff which are like controlling greece uh and yeah there's just there's layers upon layers of interesting intrigue and gameplay mechanics and i'm having a great time i think it's a really fun uh take on the assassin's creed formula any any questions or thoughts guys Rather than just me ranting on about I, it, I I, I I I don't do Assassin's Creed. I don't normally, but I really want to play this one. The problem I've got is that the last one is so big. Yeah. Um I kind of want to do that first. So I didn't I'm, finish. I'm going to wait till this costs twenty pence, which they always do. <laughs> I didn't finish Origins. Uh, I did like catch up on the story beats. I didn't quite get to. I got I got like two thirds, three quarters of the way through. I didn't quite I didn't quite beat it. Um, it's 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 better, I think, than Origins. I know some people online are arguing the 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 opposite to that, but I actually find the the setting way more interesting, uh, and I find the character of Cassandra way more compelling um, than Ancient Egypt and Bayak. I really much much prefer what we've got with Odyssey. Um, but that's a personal preference. Some people find ancient Egypt fascinating. I just didn't mm -hmm. think the Egypt setting was maybe ancient enough. It, it wasn't, you know, the height of the pharaohs. It was kind of as Egypt was losing its identity a bit and being subsumed by Greek and Roman kind of influence. So it wasn't really ancient Egypt. It was more like a later stage of Egypt. Whereas this, right in the middle of the Peloponnesian Wars, right in the middle of Sparta, you know, you're only, you're only like two generations short um, from Leonidas himself and the 300 with the Persians. So there's that's quite recent history in there. And you've got like, yeah, there's some stuff in there. I don't want to spoil too much, but there's connection to uh, Greek mythology in there and stuff like that. And it ties, I think it's a great setting for connecting with that uh, progenitor race meta story of Assassin's Creed. Um, yeah. And it's, it fits perfectly into all of that. Um, yeah, really, really enjoying it. I think you could skip Origins, Rich, to be honest. But yeah, waiting for it to be cheaper or whatever. Game of the Year edition with all the DLC in that. It, they're they're going to make the um, post-release support for this last until at least the end of 2020 because there's no Assassin's Creed game next year. Um, yeah, so apparently, the, the, DLC is, is the DLC and the microtransaction stuff is already quite um, extensive. Is that fair to say? There's cosmetic stuff, but like yeah. it's not a big deal. There, there are there are what they call time saver things you can buy, and probably the most the one people are complaining about the most in places like Eurogamer and Polygon and stuff like that is that there is an XP boost you can buy um, oh. to make it meet so you can get you can level up fifty percent quicker. Mm. Um, I I don't I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, the way I'm. That that's irrelevant, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I uh -huh. bought that, and I bought the Pegasus pack as well because I wanted a Pegasus horse. <laughs> of course, you did. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I had some Xbox credit extra on my account, and I was just like, uh, I got a bunch of reward points because of the silly amount of pre-orders I've done recently. Um, so I was like, oh yeah, I'll use that to spend some silly points and Helix credits and get myself some DLC. But before I did that, I did play it without that, and I found that let you know you're leveling at the right sort of pace by just doing story missions. You might need to grind side missions a little bit to help mm -hmm. later on in the game, but I don't think it's going to have a big effect. Oh, and by the way, naval combat's back in a big way as well, which wasn't there Sweet. as much in Origins. Um, oh, so you have your own ship again, you can upgrade it again, like Black Flag style. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's no cannon, 
Um, but you have archers and javelin throwers on your ship. So that's your main offense. And you can obviously do a lot of ramming and boarding and all that stuff that you love from Black Flag is all back as well. Because you're, you're exploring all these islands. It, the map is just ridiculous. There's so much there. Your, you loved, always loved your ramming. It's a weird choice to bring that back now, isn't it? With um, what's, what's that game they're doing? Skull and Bones? I'm not sure yeah. that game is ever coming out. Yeah. I, I, get, coming, that. Mm, I get the impression that that might never see the light of day. It was at E3 this year, though, right? Yeah, but they then it's been it delayed again. again. It was like they had, a, thing, they, had a, they had a release date for this year and it got pushed back to next. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, but it's it's different now. That's like I feel like they would have evolved the formula a lot. I know they were basing it off of the, the tech they had developed for Black Flag, but it, that was a long time ago now. Um, so I'm, I tell you what I am excited about by getting the season pass. I'm going to get an HD remaster of Assassin's Creed three. Oh. Yeah, can't wait for Connor again. To be honest, that's a really cool setting. That one set in the, uh, American Re revolution period. Um, however, Connor was like the dullest person ever. Yeah. From what I remember, that's, but the setting, the setting was great. I bought that. Oh, okay. Um, you didn't buy, you didn't buy the Ezio stuff. No. Mate, have you played it? I've got a bunch of them because they've been in games of gold, haven't they? So yeah, I've played. There's a remaster quite a pack lot of for them for a, an hour. There's a remaster Never... pack for the whole Ezio stuff. I recommend that. That's that's fabulous. That's really really good. Like mm. it's a it's a good HD remaster, and it's all three of his games. That was like Assassin's Creed at its peak. <clears throat> Look, I, like like Chris said, he's not an Assassin's Creed guy. I, I wonder why. I might ask him in a minute. I am an Assassin's Creed guy. I am the guy that's beaten every Assassin's Creed game except origins now i guess yeah so i might go back and beat that i fucking love the assassin's creed games like i love that historical action rpg fantasy that you get to live out with them there's so much fun mm. chris why don't you like assassin's creed games very simply because the first one didn't grab me um it, i don't think they're bad games i don't i don't um well, I the, except, the first one's garbage like it was a it was a con proof of concept um, yeah. But they they become what they are now with the Ezio trilogy, like that's where it finds its voice and its identity. Um, the first one was an idea, and it and it and was a yeah. cool idea and a cool idea, sort of a concept. But yeah, the actual gameplay comes in with two onwards. Um, I mean, I, I'll, I'll probably have a go at two then at some point because I am I am in the process. You don't, of going you don't back need through. you do not need to do them all in. You don't need to play them all. I mean, like one of my favorites is Syndicate, which yeah. is the uh, London set one. Yes. Um, which I absolutely adored that. I really liked the, the mechanics and the, that were introduced there. And I really liked the, uh, the characters of the twins, Evie and Jacob, and how Jacob was like the tough ruffian anarchist and Evie was like the stealthy assassin. Um, yeah. So you could play it differently. And like they had specific story missions that you played as. And that has some really cool Jack the Ripper DLC as well, um, which is a really fun addition to that series as well. Uh, that, that, that's, a, that's a very good game syndicate. A lot of people didn't touch that because it's the one that came out after Unity which was a broken shit yep. storm. <laughs> so that game, that game got kind of mostly fixed, but even, even now it's a chore to play. Plus the character in that Arno is the biggest fucking up his own ass French prick you could ever imagine playing as. And you just, just I just couldn't get on with him. Um, best protagonists, I guess the best ones, Ezio is, is so good, but Ezio got three games to become this character. Yeah. So it's kind of like a little unfair in a way. Um, I really like Edwards. Edwards is the Black Flag protagonist. He's basically a pirate that steals an assassin's robes and then becomes an assassin. But he's really just a pirate being an asshole, and he's he's a lot of fun uh, to play as. Richard, you played you played Black Flag, though, haven't you? 
I've played a bit of Black Flag. I've yeah. played a bit of most of them. I've got most of them. I do have <laughs> Unity. I think that cost me 69 pence. Yeah. I've, I've got Syndicate, actually, because I think it was Games with Gold recently. So I could go back and play pretty much all of them if I was so inclined. I'm not sure I ever will, to be honest. I'm much more interested in going back to Origins and finishing that because that's the first one that I felt was a properly rounded game. That they, I know you like them, but they, they don't do very much for me. The only one I've ever finished was Liberation on the Vita, and that's just because okay. it was on the Vita. You needed a game to play on Vita, I can understand that. Well, I suppose uh, in context, it seems like a big deal. It was like a handheld open-world game. It was mm. like, wow. <laughs> so that's it, that's it, also getting HD remastered and released as part of the season pass um, that's coming out um yeah with uh odyssey um what i would say is odyssey has got a lot of witcher about it it's got a very witcher vibe to the, a lot of the dialogue uh the story design the quests uh i'm sorry but getting given quests by herodotus is like the coolest thing ever by the way like there's so many awesome ancient greek characters in this and you're just like oh it's fucking herodotus and he's awesome <laughs> i'm just such a nerd for that time period in the history of that it's so it's so it's so interesting and so cool to play Anyway, I think that's enough talk about... I'm going to be playing that game for a while. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'll be coming back to talk about that in two weeks' time. Put it that way. That game isn't going anywhere <laughs> quick. Um, but I think that comes to the end of the discussion of games. But we have a little surprise. Oh. We have a little surprise. It's back by popular <laughs> demand. And uh, I Who really... demanded it? That's what I want to know. Who demanded it? I had a few... I had some messages, man. I had some messages. People tell me how much fun the quiz was that we did uh, a couple Mark. of episodes ago. <laughs> Um, so I brought it back and it's, I've thought about it a little bit more this time. So the questions are themed around what we have discussed on the show. Uh, each question has a bonus point and there are seven questions. Okay. I not it too hard of you because I smashed this last time. I'm it's hard. I mean, that. smashed is perhaps a little bit it's strong. Harder. I think I smashed it. I, I'd be surprised if either of you get more than like two or three points. Put it uh, that way. Come on. Bring it on. All right. Let me, let me, I'm going to just... <laughs> We need. We, I'm going to make this a recurring segment, by the way. So prepare okay. yourselves. Uh, and uh, start reading up. So start thinking about a name for the segment, Richard. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Question number one: In what year did the first Assassin's Creed come out? Four, two thousand seven. Yeah, that's what I was going to guess as well. I was going to guess. Both get a point. Well, yes. That, it was a damn fine year. That. Oh man, two thousand seven had so many good. So many good. I'm gonna have to can, make right. Hang on. Can we really get points for saying yes? That's what I was gonna say. Well, how else would you do this? Richard? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're making this complicated. I'm, I'm happy to Chris, write it on some I'm paper. <laughs> would you like uh, Chris to answer first? It's fine. I'm gonna be magnanimous. Have the points. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right, because this matters. <laughs> For an extra point, what month? Oh what was that, Chris? November. I'm gonna get I'm gonna Which guess is? Christmas market. October. Chris gets that point, Richard, you don't get anything. Holla. <laughs> okay, okay so this is a hard one. Was it I genuinely don't... November? That was a complete was, guess. Yes. It was November, yeah. <laughs> like... Um, what what car? Question number two. What car was on the cover of the first Forza Horizon? Oh God! Um... <laughs> no googling. God will know. I'm just saying. If you Google, 
Uh, I'll find out. Bugatti Veyron. No, no it's not. It's, okay. uh, cool. it's, the yellow, it's the yellow one. What is it? Is it a Lotus something? <laughs> is that your answer? Yeah. No. It's the SRT Viper GTS. Uh, now, you might have a better chance with the bonus point, though. Where was it set? Italy. Richard? Flipping heck. You should know I that, Richard. I should know it. Just think about where they've all been set and go backwards in your mind. Uh, you got it wrong. I think it's America or somewhere, isn't it? It, it is America, America, but I want the state. <laughs> you want the state? Jeez. Oh, I'll give you half a point for America. How about that? Can I guess a state? Go on then. Uh, 50 let's chance. say... Oh, where would that be? great radio come on rich it's colorado colorado, colorado. So yeah. after two questions chris is in the lead with two points to richard's one and a half <laughs> i don't know how that's happened <laughs> well done chris, well chris. regretting regret uh, being magnanimous that word number three <laughs> what was number three what was the name of the first official fifa game The first official FIFA game. Yes. Oh, FIFA World Cup 94? No, he'll be older than that. Um, yeah, 86? <laughs> Not 86, no. no. <laughs> too far there, mate. 90? Wow. <laughs> you can't just do that. No, stop. <laughs> it doesn't actually have a year in its title. Oh. Is it just Richard? called um, FIFA Soccer? Oh, I can't. It's, it's too. It's close, but not quite. FIFA International Soccer. Ah, very close, very close. But can we go? Well, extra point is the year. Um, I don't think it was ninety because it wouldn't have fitted in with the World Cup. I'm going to say ninety-two. Chris, uh, only a ninety-four. Oh. <laughs> Ninety-three. <Shit. laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's hilarious. You guys split it down the middle. Oh, so close on both of you. Unlucky. Unlucky. No points there. Right. Name one film and TV actor cast in Death Stranding other than Troy Baker. Oh, his name was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that, I do need a name. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mads Mickelson. I'm double checking. I believe that's correct. Yes, that is correct. Well done, Richard. That's I, one. But Chris, you can still score a point here. Um, okay. I this this will be a guess because I can't remember the report that well. And I didn't. Yeah. I'm gonna go with. I don't know. Fuck it. Um, the answer is, I don't know. So let's go for broke and go for... Tom Hanks. Fuck it, Tom Hanks. Kevin Spacey, he did games. He did do games. He did do games. He did. He was the. He was in Call of Duty. He, as well got, as in, he got in trouble for playing um, those games. Yes, he did. Um, <laughs> played too many games. Unlucky, Chris. No points for an extra point. Richard, can you name me another one? Uh, no, I can't. No, I'm surprised neither of you got the lead guy, which is Norman Reedus from Walking Dead. Oh, I thought we said we weren't allowed to, to name him. I said, no, Troy Baker. I said, 
Oh shit! Oh. <laughs> well, quite clearly, I said Troy Baker, but okay, because he was he was on the news story, so I thought that'd be okay. too obvious. No, yeah. sorry, I got a point. I, I zoned out. I thought Norman Reedus was too obvious. No, I already no, got no, that. No. Yeah, you, well, you didn't. It's not pointless. Um, you can pick the obvious answers. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Number five. What was Telltale Games' first released game? Oh, shit. I literally just read that. Um, oh, I read that earlier. What was it? It was... Um, oh, it was the, the, the Poker Night game, wasn't it? I mean, it's not called that. No, I know. <laughs> but, I mean, Richard, if you can get the name... No, I don't know. No. I'll give you half a point for knowing it was a poker game, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Telltale, Texas Hold'em. For a bonus point, what according to Metacritic, what was the highest rated single episode released for a Telltale game? So I'm not asking for the highest rated overall franchise, but the highest rated single episode of a release. What was it from? What franchise was it from? Walking Dead, season one, episode five. No. Hmm. Um, see, I think it's going to be a different franchise. I think, uh, hmm. Game of Thrones episode three. No, you didn't have to give me an episode number, but sadly, okay. you're both wrong. It was actually a tie for two different episodes from Tales from the Borderlands. Ah. Uh... So, yeah, right. not, not one you'd expect, but, I mean, in a way, because it wasn't the most well-known IP, I think they were actually able to do the best writing they ever did in that. So, yeah. not, mm. su- not surprised in a way. Okay, who developed, question number six, this is one for you, Chris. This is one for you. Who developed the original Fallout game? What developer? Chris, do you want- Chris you can answer this first as well. Go on. Oh, Christ. Um... And last, because I just don't remember. <laughs> Big, big, big studio, big developer. Oh fuck! Oh god! Oh, no, 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 no. I've got it on my Steam. I've got it on my Steam library, and I can't look. I, I did this one for you. I thought Chris I is going to know this. He's going to know this. Oh, um, it was around. I need an answer, Chris. I don't know. It's not right. Two K <laughs> games. It's not right. But... No, it's definitely not Two K yeah. games. Richard, do you want to make a guess? They don't exist anymore. That's your clue. Hold on, where's my... I can't remember. Don't no. look stuff up, Chris. What are you well, doing? No, I'm, I, I've already got this question wrong, so I'm just... <laughs> I'm going to tell you the answer. <laughs> it's going to no. answer in a minute. No, it's, I'm not going to get it. Interplay Entertainment. Ah, interplay. Yeah. And don't look up too much, because there is a related bonus question. I'm not, I've just come straight back. So, in what year does Fallout 4 take place? And oh, I, will accept, I will accept closest. Fallout 4? Yeah, what year does it take place in? 2277. Richard? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. 1953. Oh, <laughs> you douche. Come on, you could have at least tried. Uh, 2287, Chris. But like I said, I was going to accept closest. So yeah, you got that. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah 210 years. Yeah. Right now, last question is one. I did one for you, Chris, and I'm now yep. doing one for Richard. That's cool. So, Crystal Dynamics developed the previous two Tomb Raider games. What studio developed Shadow of the Tomb Raider? Well, that's confusing. Yeah, Crystal Dynamics did not make Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Their name's on the title screen. Yeah, but they didn't make it. 
I mean, if you ask me who developed the original Tomb Raider, <laughs> I could have told you that. Uh, right, also on the title screen, Idos <laughs> Montreal. Is that your answer? Yeah. You are correct. Yeah, yes. they, did, they did the original one, so Idos. Yep. So this is for all the birdies, because you're both on 3.5. <laughs> right? <laughs> so Ooh. while Idos Montreal made Shadow Tomb Raider, what are Crystal Dynamics currently working on? I'd like to say congratulations to Richard on a fine victory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What are they doing? I should have made a tiebreaker question. Damn it. Didn't think of that. Crystal Dynamics. Oh. I don't know. I really don't know. It's quite a big deal, this. It wasn't like a... It's not a small thing. This is a big deal, what they're doing. How do I not know it then? Are they are they publishing it as well as developing it, or is it being published by someone else? He does. Um, I don't. Didn't look into that. <laughs> can I can I make a fantasy guess? They're bringing back <laughs> the Legacy of Kane series. No, no, it's <laughs> something people care about. Um, <laughs> they are they are developing the Marvel Avengers game. Ah. Oh, right. No, I've just, I wouldn't, I've just I wouldn't have got very, that. I very quickly here thrown together a tiebreaker question, okay. which you can give me your best closest response to. Okay, like you know the closest answer. So, yeah. When in what year? Yeah, we'll go with in what year. <laughs> yeah. In what year was Venom first published? Oh Christ! Um... Eighty-six. Chris. And I did kind of give you a clue when we were talking about it earlier, but that's fine. <laughs> um, 85, just to be a dick if it's before 86. No, you're both idiots. I told you it was a 90s era created character. 93. Uh, so Richard is the winner <laughs> of round two Richard. of the BXB Bits and Bobs quiz. So, well, Chris, you're down two to nothing here, buddy. You've got to come back with this one yeah, in a couple of weeks. This right? is, this you is fair. need Thanks, guys. to bring back your honour. You know, you need to you need to win it back there. So, Richard, Richard, I'm 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 updating the scoreboard live right now. Thank you, thank you. I've got to say, it feels outstanding to win on the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> on a shitty tiebreaker, which you both should have guessed better at. It's, yes. <laughs> It's winning on a snooker. That's what he's done. <laughs> but usually the referee doesn't give you the snookers. <laughs> Even yeah. Luke in the chat is upset about Chris and how he yeah. let him down. Yeah, on, on, on the uh, on, on that the question, on the question. question. Yeah. you should be very disappointed. Oh, I am. But you did very well, Chris. You did better than you did in the previous quiz. I think. I you mean, won, that's you not hard. That <laughs> was close. That was pretty close. <laughs> it was close. It was down to a tiebreaker, which I literally made up in 20 seconds. But no, there exactly. you go. Um, well, well done to everyone who competed. Yes. So there aren't any, comp you know, there are no participation uh, awards. I think we'll make this an ongoing thing and there will be a prize. Is and it, I think there'll be a prize. Be... Go on. Is it always going to be stuff that's on the show notes? 
uh, if it's, it's, I'll try and make it always something we discuss. So okay. you're asking if you can do research. Basically, right. yes. <laughs> can I? <laughs> do I have a hope in hell of researching this shit? Oh my god, no. In that, if that's the case, I'll have to change it up because otherwise, that's too easy. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, it depends what questions you ask. So. Much like the nature of this podcast, it's whatever I fucking feel. That was fun. That was fun. I enjoy doing that. Yeah, well, there'll be a prize. We'll do something. We'll do something for the towards the end of the year. We'll have a tally up, and then we'll, mm. we'll I'll, I'll arrange a prize. Um, come, come sort of game of the year. One All day right. I'm going to Alan Davis QI this, and I'm going to be the question master, and you're going to have to sit there and oh, <laughs> I don't know the answers to that question. Yeah. No. No. S- yes, sadly, yes. as as editor in chief, I hold all the power. <laughs> Sorry. He only holds it, Richard, as long as we keep standing on the end of the plank. Look, I'm, I'm happy with this arrangement because, you know, while he's not think, in the frame, look, he ain't getting the prize, is he? Think oh, of, exactly, true, yeah. exactly, you know, exactly. And think of this as it's not a quiz. It's a learning experience. So just think of it that way. You know, you've learned about these things today. You know, you've gone away enriched in knowledge. I'm, I'm like go. I'm like a modern day Herodotus right there, enriching, <laughs> enriching oh. the knowledge. There we go. Uh, that was a lot of fun, guys. That was a great show. We had some seriously good content there. Lots yeah. of great games to talk about. I suspect we'll be revisiting Forza Horizon 4 and, and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. We're all going to try and play a bit of Fallout. I might. Yeah. Do. I think that'll be fun. I haven't played Fallout in ages. I've been looking for an excuse to get back into that. Uh, and then in the games coming up, I don't think yeah the next podcast will be before Red Dead won't it? Yes, it yes. will. Um, it will. But that's upcoming. Obviously, Richard's very excited about that. Yeah. I'm still a bit on the fence. I'm like probably gonna get it, but I'm not sure. Um, hopefully, I'll have a. <laughs> hopefully, I'll have the new WWE games to talk about as well on the next podcast. I say hopefully, but it's actually looking like it might be better this year, Rich. I don't know if you saw the story trailer, <laughs> yeah, but it's looking yeah. kind of cool. It looks a bit different, but. Yeah. Mm. yeah it's all relative isn't it really it is. um but yeah fingers crossed i'll be playing that uh that, what else is coming up in the next few weeks guys can anybody think of anything mario party how is that mario party i'd rather cut my own testicles off but... <laughs> <laughs> it's like literally the most boring game ever but yeah what, what else have we got coming up um smash brothers isn't too far away smash brothers ultimate on switch um i'm sure yeah. there's something else okay, in november that i should be looking forward to can't remember almost certainly it's that time of year but we'll work it out when we actually do the research um (laughs) thank you so much for those that have watched along live with us today it's been lovely to have you especially you luke thanks for the questions mate uh we hope to have you in a uh, couple of weeks time as well uh chris thank you for coming along richard thank you for coming along and Thanks to the fact that we've also gone about 45 minutes over our normal time and are approaching three hours on this podcast, which is kind of insane. Long. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But it was good. We had good yeah, stuff to talk about. Fun. So, And it was a good podcast. I enjoyed that quiz. I'll have to think about what devious thing to do for you guys next time. So, yeah. <laughs> good. It's fun. Everybody's having a good time. Everybody's having a good time. So, with that, we'll say we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Ta-ta. Bye. Bye. Bye.